What? How? Who? How? What? <clears throat> Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. 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 Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, once again. Unto the are. breach, dear friends, for episode zero 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 eight. Wow. Yes. Wow. So we're almost almost into. Well, we can't really call it double digits because we put all the leading zeros in there, but kind of. We're almost <laughs> in the third. Uh, we're almost in holder? the tens column. We're Woo! almost in the tens column. Yay! <laughs> 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 well, well welcome, you? folks, yeah. to another exciting episode of the Brian Trust. Yes. My name is Brian. My name is also Brian. What are the yes. odds? I know. It's strange. Yeah. We are here. This is uh, this is another hostomatic episode this week. Things have been a little crazy for us over the last couple of weeks and stuff. And so we just decided to just take the two of us and chat and catch up and see what's going on. So, Brian, what's been going on with you lately? Uh, well, a lot. I actually got back from South by Southwest a couple Woo. days ago. Yeah. Doing your bit to help keep Austin weird. Right. Keep Austin weird, indeed. Uh, it was great. I uh, We were there for six days, and uh, we went for the interactive portion. You know, they got the film and interactive, and they got music. Right, right. Uh, education, I believe, is a newer track. I think that, but that's first, um, and we, we didn't go for that. We went for the interactive and had a great time. Always love seeing our friends and hanging with our tribe, you know. Get a chance to see the president? No. Well, I watched him. I know. I watched him live on TV. Okay. From the hotel room because there was a lottery to see the president. And if you weren't picked, well. Well, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. You could have gone, though. The thing is that. So if they do this again next year, in case anybody's listening, uh, that goes to South by Southwest and the president happens to be going next year, there is a standby line. So there were a lot of people that showed up, but then they had um, they actually had some open seats and they were pulling people from the standby line. So cool. Um, but I did not get to see the president live. I did watch him on on TV. Right on. the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a really, uh, it was a good conference this year. Very mellow uh, from previous years, you know, compared to previous years. It was, yeah. uh, previous years was nuts. And uh, it, 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 there was a consensus there when we were there. People would say things, you know, they does it seem me- like, does it seem mellow this year? What's the attendance like this year? I don't see a lot of people, you know. And I think, we think, the, 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 the going theory is that, uh, there are more hotels now that they that they have the conference um, in, and they're spread out. And so instead of being concentrated in one area, it's a little bit more spread out. And there are more restaurants now. There are a lot more restaurants than previous years. And so a lot of things have built up because of the festivals. So, absolutely, yeah. AT, the AT and T network is built up there. The Verizon network is built up there. The hotels are built up. The uh, restaurants are built up. Um, there's Lyft and Uber now. So people are, are going outside of the Austin city limits, you know, um, you're not, you know, you're not really tied into this one central concentrated spot. Sure. And so that, that was very noticeable this year, extremely noticeable, but yeah, it was good. That's what, uh, that's what I did. We can talk more about that later. How are you doing? What are you up to? 
Um, I'm doing all right. You know, uh, mostly just been working like I usually do and trying to get other things off the ground, you know, get the, the podcast coming up and stuff. Right. So yeah, you know, I've got, um, you know, trying to get, uh, the randomest podcast ready to go, mm-hmm. uh, airing one week from the time this episode drops from airing April 2nd. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug over. <laughs> Can't wait. No, all the shame is on the inside. Believe me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, I did some binge watching, you know, House of Cards. Yeah. Season four dropped a couple of weeks ago. So I watched that. How's that been? That's awesome. Of course. It was really good. Well, I thought, and the funny thing is, I thought that House of Cards kind of stumbled last year a little bit. Mm. It felt like it went a little too over the top and soap. It like, it just felt really caricaturish and weird, but season four really kind of brought it back around. There are a couple stumbles. The end, I'm not sure how I felt about the last episode because it kind of, there's a lot more cliffhanger-like in its ending than previous seasons have been. So it's kind of left a lot of threads unresolved. So I'm like, oh. Right. So I felt bad that they kind of ended it that way. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> but House of Cards is the is like the perfect binge-watching show. Oh, yeah. It was like, built binge for that. Watching you can was, tell. Like, yeah. It was totally built for that. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I mean, when we watch it, you know, we'll sit there. We'll start out at like, you know, 8, 7, 8, you know, p.m., whatever, on a Saturday. Yeah. And then we'll be like, every at the end of every episode, we'll be like, huh, you want to watch another one? Sure. How about next? You know, you want to see the next one? Oh, we got to see the yeah. next one, you know. And yeah, then it turns yeah, into really, like they really three just kind of hit that. They really just kind of hit that sweet spot. Yeah. We can't, for, we, oh, for the I can't go to bed. Stuff, we got to so. see what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, I really did well with that. That first season, and that's what I mean. Like the first season was so good. And the second season was good, but uh, slightly less. And the third season was like, I'm just like, what the oh, fuck? Yeah. Uh, and then that last, but this season they really kind of picked things back up to where they were. Yeah. I think it was kind of like so they they seem to have recovered. Yeah. Well, and Bo Willem on the the show's creator, this was his last year as the showrunner like he's stepping down they're doing season five with a new person in charge i can't remember who's running oh. it now hmm. so yeah no i think it's uh i'm intrigued uh, i'm i'm excited for next season now it's like oh yeah all right yay um and then it hasn't dropped yet i think it's dropping this friday at tomorrow after we record this but daredevil season two mm-hmm. is set to drop and i'm just like oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so I might watch that this weekend, or I might wait till next weekend. I don't know because I've got all this other crap I got to get done. Right. But uh, and speaking of things that are dropping, April first, your testicles. No. <laughs> Finally. Oh yeah. You've Finally. become a man, my son. Finally, I'll become a man. April first, you were saying. I'm April first, uh, the Force Awakens on DVD and Blu-ray. It's the first. I thought it was later in the month. Why would they drop on a? Th- I know that's what I was saying. I was like, "That's sick," but I think on it's a April. Friday. Well, usually, no. Usually they drop on Tuesdays. I, that's what I thought too. But somebody, I heard it April first. I'll tell you. Oh. Uh, the Star Wars. Okay, Force Awakens, Blu-ray release date. I've got April fifth. What? Who said? Which would be that following Tuesday? That's not right. Is that right? Yeah, is that right? Is it? F- they're not gonna drop it. They're not gonna drop it on April Fool's Day. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, you're right. We'll be available April fifth. All right. Yeah. So that's fine. It's only a few days later. It's April fifth. All right. So but it's a Tuesday. Generally, movie and DVD releases are done on Tuesdays. Yes. I don't know why, but cinematic releases are Friday. Yeah. 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 Um, April fifth. There it is. Yeah. You are correct, sir. You are correct. 
Um, anywho, so that's kind of cool. That was quick. They're getting they're getting quicker with that, aren't they? Um, uh, well, yeah, they kind of have to these days. The windows have closed way more than they used to. I remember when we were kids, like when Empire Strikes Back came out. Like, I mean, it was almost a year before I think that was. I mean, even even then, home video wasn't like a big thing. You had to wait like a year, almost two years, for it to come out on TV. Yeah, like they didn't really have VHS re- rentals weren't like a big thing at the time. Right, that that came out because that was you know thirty five years ago now, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember when VHS tapes were so expensive too? Yeah. Remember? Like a uh, uh, hundred bucks or so to get your favorite movie. Now there. Well, that's why I usually just rent it. It was like we didn't bother buying, you know, buying. It was just like, well, that's the rental stores will yeah. you know, have them. So oh, that's fine. We'll just here we are. I'm sorry. So the April first, I know where I got confused. The April first, it's available for HD download. Oh, okay. So, like, I pre-ordered it on iTunes the day, I, like, two hours after I saw it. Right. So, I should, it should drop for me. Right. I knew there was an April 1st in here somewhere. I was like, wait, wait a minute. What? I, what? I can watch it five more times. Yeah, in the comfort <laughs> of your own home, my man. Yeah, damn right. Uh, it is, the way it's meant to be seen these days. You know, yes. All alone in the dark in your couch. Right. It will be available for download April 1st. Uh, the Blu-ray will be released on april 5th sure and that makes sense <laughs> yes so that's yeah. where i got the april 5th so it'll be available legally in your own home and the first yes blu-ray fifth right there we go cool it's there because it's march now the sweeps sweep period has ended so a lot of my tv shows have taken the month off oh yeah so mm. which especially my favorites at least a lot of them have <laughs> taken a few weeks off and then they'll come roaring back in time for yeah do all their season finales in May and stuff. So like uh, what, like uh, pretty little liars. What, what's your, 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 your favorite TV show? <laughs> you found me out. Um, mm-hmm. Well, like a flash and arrow. Right. Um, have taken a, I'm trying to remember. Cause there's some that are still going, which is fine. And then there's others that, that took a month off and it, it's kind of weird. Cause I don't really have a schedule of which nights, which shows are on. I just kind of right. DVR them all. Yeah. And I, and in order to get back into more of a regular work schedule, like after work to come home and do stuff, like I have to put it all off and just spend all day Saturday watching right. stuff. Right. Remember the days of like looking in the TV guide? Oh yeah, remember yeah. that when you, you, mm-hmm. you get the TV guide delivered to your home or you buy it in the store, or whatever, and you would look for your favorite show, and when you saw the little R next to it, you're like, oh, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't worry about that so much. It was just kind of like just trying to see when things were. But I got I kind of after working at a TV station, like I really got to understand the sweeps period and how that worked and and that kind of thing. And and now I now I see it because like all of these really awesome episodes happen during those weeks. Yeah. And then they either take a break and show reruns or it'll be like episodes that are just like, eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Meh. Because they save all the really good for Yeah. Um. Yeah. Grab maximum number of viewers yeah, so they can pump yeah. up their rates for their advertisers. Right. And, and these days they kind of need to because they're desperate for the money. Um. Right. Who isn't? Shoot. Well, these know, days well. too. Right. If a show doesn't do well, what? Like after one or two well, episodes, they yoink it, don't they? Well, a lot of the problem is it's just, this is kind of the supply, the idea of supply and demand, and this is one of the drawbacks now is that. There is such a proliferation of original material, and there's so much out there, so many of these new shows and these ideas that are cropping up all the time that the like the networks just don't have because if they don't have they've got like five more shows lined up behind it ready to take somebody's slot. Yeah. 
to try something else out if something's not working. Right. So it's kind of, they don't have to necessarily make as much of a commitment as they used to, to grow an audience. Right. But the net, the, the biggest problem, the, like the big networks still have to play to as wide an audience as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas cable, they can aim for more of a niche for their base. Like they know what their demographics are and they can aim for more of a base. And if something happens to be a hit, great. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I'm not sure how AMC like then does so many really awesome shows. Yeah. Like, I mean, I granted, I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore, mostly because I can't take the constant misery porn. But right. hmm. have you ever seen the network pitch of uh, the Muppet Show from back in the seventies? Uh, no, I did oh. not. We'll have to put a link in the but, show notes to this one because this is right. probably this is probably one of the best network pitches that you'll ever see. It's funny, quite it, possibly. I mean, it's, it's good. Uh, it's really good. But now, and that's the thing is now they can, but that's the thing. If they have a show that's a hit, they're a little more forgiving to keep it on the air also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially if it's a hit, because it's something that they can keep running forever. Right. I mean, CW, oh, yeah, CW just renewed all of their shows, like mm-hmm. the entire slate, and mm-hmm. they're going to add more shows next year. Mm-hmm. But wow, I mean, Supernatural is coming back for season 12, I think, Wow, um, which is crazy. Right. I think it's the longest running show they've ever had. Yeah. I think it's basically been around as long as the CW's actually been on the air. Yeah. Uh, as the CW. So, I mean, that's a little crazy making. Do you remember when MASH was the longest running show? Like, that seemed like it was, how long did it run? 10 years? It was 11 seasons. Yeah, 11. Yeah. In total. Well, it wasn't the, at the time, it, it was like the that, longest running at the time, but Gunsmoke yeah. is still the longest running show ever because it had like 27 years. Oh. So, it had, it had 27 seasons. It was oh. a long ass show. Yeah. And some, you know, and of course, there's some soap operas that have been running for like 35, 40 years almost. Right, right. Kind of things. And you've got Meet the Press, which has been on the air for almost 60 years, I think. Yeah. Or Face the Nation as well. Like some of the new Sunday morning news shows have been on the air forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then look at The Simpsons still going strong. Yeah. And they're 23 seasons, I think, so far. Wow, and good for those guys. I think they, I think they have, they're already, they're renewed for like three more seasons, I think. Yeah. Something like that. And Great. I mean, Big Bang Theory is renewed through next season, at least, which yeah. I think is season 10. Yeah. So, I mean. That's my favorite show, Big Bang Theory. I do enjoy it, too. I have a lot of friends who don't like it. I don't, why? I don't know why. I, because you know there, there's there's two camps for this sh- for the Big Bang Theory, which sure. is those of us who kind of like the humor and I enjoy mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. kind of relate to some of the characters. And then there are people who watch it who are also nerds who don't like it because it's essentially making fun of nerds, which is true. And I get that. I get that. I get their point of view of that. But to me, it's still like, I still enjoy it. Sure. Um, I don't know. And so it's kind of, well, no, and it's true. And I think at least in the earlier, they've gotten some of the characters like Sheldon a little, has gotten a little bit. There were a couple of years. We got a way more caricature-ish version of himself from the beginning of the show. But now he's starting to show real growth and it's like, okay, this is now it's, you know, interesting to me. Right. Makes me, you know, don't feel totally hopeless. No. But, um, no. Early on I can get, and that's the thing. Like a lot of these folks kind of just watched in the early seasons and gave up. Like they haven't had a chance to watch the character growth. Yeah. Yeah. And things of that nature. But the early season, everybody was kind of the idea was Penny was sort of the audience's mm. in to that world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there were a lot of jo- a lot of nerd jokes at their expense and things like that. And right. that's, you know, yeah. but 
And then she joined forces. I mean, it's a show written by a bunch of nerds. What do you expect? Self-deprecating right. humor is just kind right. of our nature. Right. Well, it's a smart It's a smart show, too. They, uh, I read somewhere where uh, in the apartment, if you look in the back on the whiteboard, there are, if you understand the calculus or whatever is on yeah, the board. Yeah, no, it's all accurate. Yeah. It's accurate. It's not only accurate, but there are jokes all over the place that only people that know yeah, like that I believe math that. Yeah. would figure out. Well, and Futurama yeah. was kind of the same mm-hmm. way, and yeah. and 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 it's and it's humor as well. Yeah, and, but that's and I, clever. no, and I actually I genuinely like that, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, I think that they, yeah, the jokes are kind of there, and it's a little slapsticky at times, but they respect the nerd culture while they're poking fun at it because Absolutely. all of these guys come from that. So right. it's like, yeah, yep. why not? That's right. I'm good with that. More power to them. Exactly, and the things and concepts that they talk about, the physics and all that stuff, it's all accurate. It's all re- like yeah. we're, we're actually learning things while we're watching this comedy. Well, and, and to me, it was also like, well, like when Mike and Molly first aired, I, I was bothered by the show a little bit because it was just incessant fat jokes yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, but I, and I liked the concept that these two actors and characters who are overweight were trying to overcome that. And they find each other. Like, I like the premise of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I watched up until they got married because they kind of retooled the show after like three or four seasons and yeah. went off in a different direction with it. And I just... That I had to stop. I had to cut back on my TV viewing, so oh. I had to cut off somewhere. So did it jump the shark for you then? Is that I don't the- know that I, I think a little bit, but it it just I don't know. When they got married, it was like, well, I don't know where else the show has to go. Right. At that point. Yeah. It's kind of well, because they kind of got away from the whole like they were in Overeaters Anonymous and things like mm-hmm. that. They, they kind of got away from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, I liked seeing some of that struggle more, you right. know, and I missed that. Right. Um, but I get why they kind of got away. I think they wanted to get away from that yeah. quickly because yeah. it's like that's not the focus of the show. Exactly. It's, so, and I get that, and that's fine. You know, I, I, I mainly just I stopped watching mainly just because I had to stop watching so many because I was watching way too much TV. Right. Like I said, I tried to watch all my shows on Saturday. It was literally like getting to like morning to dawn to dusk. <laughs> wow. Straight well, through you know on Sometimes the couch. You need you know? days like that where you just stay in your PJs. You throw a you know a blanket over yourself and sit on the couch and. Yeah, but that's like every Saturday. So it was just like, <laughs> hey, I got to, you know, I got to cut back. And, yeah. but it also, and especially because if I want to start watching new shows and try and keep, see if I like stuff there. And, yeah. And I, I love the term jump the shark, you know, especially because I lived through the episode of Happy The Days. actual jumping of the I shark. I actually yeah. lived through that. And I know exactly why that term. <laughs> Made sure. it into I do, I do too. Yeah, no, I get it too. I've seen, I've seen that episode. That so was the worst episode yeah. of Happy Days I had ever watched in my life. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's. Um, oh yeah, that's what I've that's what I've been doing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Just catch up. Got you know, getting the podcast ready to go. Trying to you know, still line up more guests and things so I can get that. Well, I, I, I think stuff, I speak so. for myself and our listener here. We're, we're waiting for this podcast, man. You keep talking about this. It'll be fun. I think it'll be a good time. It's not super long. I think it'll be shorter than this podcast on average. It's certainly not going to be longer than a regular episode of Mystery Science Theater, sure. which is only like 90 minutes. Right. So it's like, okay. <laughs> but that's <laughs> going to be, be so great. Bad. I hope. Yeah, I hope so. We'll good, see. Good, I, clean humor. Good, clean fun. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if I... if things work out maybe i actually get some cast members on the show they will certainly be invited oh that'd be nice so we'll see you know i no promises i don't know Mm -hmm. but (laughs) and by the way 
interesting to get one of them on to talk about you know a particular episode if they were involved in it and be like right. well, what about this and Ooh. you know do you even remember this like i don't remember oh that. <laughs> you know, was, that'd be fun go back and watching it again like 20 years later like oh right do you remember we had brian vermeer on the show and yes. uh, we had talked about good clean comedy and i learned the term going blue i didn't know what that meant um, well, anyway, so uh, South by Southwest, I, I I actually got had an opportunity to go see some uh, see some comedians, and okay. um, and I was very in tune with the going blue you know concept, and the host or hostess came out, and immediately it was her shtick was swearing, sex jokes, drugs. I mean, it was like, it was a right. Yeah. I was like, oh, please don't let this set the tone for the whole the playing thing. Playing to a South by audience. Yeah. <laughs> right. And people are like, woo. And there was a drunk girl in the audience. And of course, you know, the, uh, the comedians were talking backstage and I'm sure they had all, you know, totally, they were briefing each other that, oh, there's a drunk, there's a drunk yeah, chick in the, the audience. Room, let's see, yeah. Right. Single her out, get her, you know, um, she wound up leaving with her boyfriend or, or husband, let's just say boyfriend, uh, but uh, about uh, halfway through the show, they got up and left. I think he was feeling a little uncomfortable. But um, but uh, so three of the people in the show were totally blue and two of the people completely clean, smart humor, hilarious. I think those guys actually got more, you know, more hoots and hollers and laughs than the than the folks that had gone blue. And well, yeah, it, and. And it, well, it's like Brian was saying. Really, the the skill in in working clean like that is you can still be yeah dirty as all get out, but it's all in the audience's imagination. Of course, because it's the it's the things like with horror movies. It's the things that you don't see that really mm-hmm. scare you. Yeah, you know, once it's revealed, it's just not that frightening no, anymore. You no, know? And so right. like when you do that kind of thing with the, with that kind of comedy, it doesn't. It doesn't work their mind, you know. It doesn't work the audience's imagination in the same way. I think, right? And, yeah. And I've seen those comedians where they're they're working blue, but it's like they and they give a joke and it doesn't quite get the laugh, so they're trying to explain the joke. Like, oh, dude, no, oh no, 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 no don't, no. don't, don't try to pound home the punchline. Right. Just, just move on. Right. And then the, then you um, have comedians that have and most like, of the pros will do that. It's just every once in a while I get somebody who just like ah eh, yeah no no don't <laughs> do that or like you'll get somebody that comes out and they have some weird shtick that you're not quite sure what's happening like a emo Phillips kind of thing they'll come out and they're a little off and you're like am I supposed to be laughing at this I don't like one guy came out and his and his body was kind of shaking and he looked like an old man and he you know when he held the microphone he was shaking and his jokes just you know I. And I was like, this guy's got his own show on Comedy Central. I don't what I don't get this. You know, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. who was it? Name names. I don't know. I couldn't even okay. tell you what it is. Joe, somebody rather. Joe Perry. Joe Parrot. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, he's got yeah. his, apparently he's got his own show. I don't know. But um, it could be a special. Uh, mm, well, um, uh, maybe fine. I mean maybe the thing that he did that night was something he was experimenting with i don't i really don't know well usually comedian especially if they have a special coming up kind of thing mm. they'll usually go on the road a lot and that's what that's where they work the material right for the special yeah. so they'll they'll hone it they'll do it with a whole bunch of audiences like chris hardwick was talking about this on mm-hmm. nerdist but his 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 new special fun comfortable is coming out in april yeah he, he already filmed it he filmed it last in january at uh San, in san francisco yeah but he went on tour for like most of last year mm. to, and just played it everywhere 
on the weekends when he wasn't busy doing at midnight and the talking dead and all that stuff. So he was traveling like the way Jay Leno did with the tonight show. Like he's always traveling every weekend working. Right. Uh, But he did a whole tour as he was honing the material. And so the end of the tour was them actually filming the special. Yeah. uh, And stuff. So, and so once, because once that special comes out, then you got to come up with new material. Like you can't, can't just sit it. You can't ride that forever because of the fact that it's already, you know, anybody can see it now. Right. Right. So, by the whole time I was sitting there, I was, uh, I was uh, actually kind of glad that we got to talk to Brian Vermeer and learn about, uh, yeah, blue comedians oh, and uh, his pledge to staying clean. And I encourage anybody in the stand-up comedy business to stay clean. It's uh, right I, the smarter humor, I think, is uh, is where it's at. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll come back to uh, South by because I I definitely want to hear more about that. <laughs> Sure. more about your adventures in Austin, mm-hmm. as it were. But we should probably get to the news then. Let's do it. Brian's in the news. Okay, I'll go first this time. Okay. So we have it. Uh, revisiting an earlier story. We talked about um, Brian Moynihan, the CEO of Bank of America. Yes. Uh, he still has his job. Yes. So... <laughs> He still has his job, and he got uh, this year. He made the news earlier this week. He received the article is he received a higher year end compensation award than any other executive at the bank for last year. What? He's still the lowest paid CEO, bank CEO on Wall Street, apparently, but he wow. got like a 23% pay raise. Can you imagine? Um, got imagine? paid like $16 million. No. But the uh, Thomas Montag, who's the ch- bank's COO, has actually been getting paid more than Moynihan since Moynihan took over the job in 2010. Hmm. This is the first year Brian Moynihan's actually been making more than anybody else at the job. It's a little crazy. Wow. Um, We're in the yeah, wrong I know, business. right? We're and in the wrong business, man. Oh, totally, totally. What are they making the money there? I mean, like what? I don't know. I don't know. It's, they... it's a little crazy, but. <sighs> So, yeah, so that was one of those things where he did that. And so, it, I mean, good good on him, I guess. I guess. But. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it's whatever. It's, That's a lot <laughs> but of But it's up from right? like 2014. It was, it was up by like 23%. But to be fair, uh, for example, Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan Chase, I mean, he, he made like $27 million, almost twice as much. So Per year? Yeah, for a year, for one what? year. How is I know that? it's craziness. What? How? Who? How? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. But I guess he survived that um, that vote to lose his job. Wow. I mean, good for him for being successful. I guess. I suppose um, so. I mean, full disclosure: I am a B of A customer, mm. but okay, you know, I I wouldn't be if I had my druthers, but. Mm. <laughs> I can't afford druthers yet. So, so what do you got? Well, here, well, you know what? I just discovered another Brian that we may be able to have on the show. Oh, Brian Johnson from ACDC. Ooh, made the news. Uh, he. Uh, so this is out of Newsweek, uh, and the article is dated uh, March sixteenth. Uh, headline: ACDC's Brian Johnson feels he's been kicked to the curb in quotes says a friend Ooh. well it says here that uh acdc singer brian johnson is reportedly worried he's being pushed out of the band after a doctor advised him he could lose his hearing 
if he carries on performing. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that makes sense. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it sucks, kind of, but I, yeah. I totally, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, here it is. So it says the legendary rock group announced earlier in March they are postponing their ten remaining U.S. tour dates following news that Johnson, age sixty-eight, risks going deaf. Uh, the dates are to be rescheduled for later in the year with a guest vocalist possibly filling in. When asked for comment, Johnson said, what? Yeah, what? What? <laughs> uh, now, however, comedian Jim Brewer, Brewer, Jim Brewer, a friend of Johnson's, has claimed on his podcast, the singer fears the band has sidelined him, despite a second doctor suggesting his prognosis may not be as bad as it seems. Well, I think if he, I think if he takes care of himself, he could probably, he's probably still gonna. I mean, he's almost seventy for crying out loud. That's well, I'm looking at these pictures way of up him. there. If they're still touring, I right. mean, geez. I mean, here, okay, here's a here's a very simple solution, right? Uh, I'm looking at pictures of him. Put some in ear monitors in there, man. Get your ears are wide open. You're standing right in front of the drums. Yeah, you know. Well, that's and what I mean. And like, I'm not shocked. That- cries out loud. You. I'm that's not, not quiet. I'm not that's, shocked. I'm right. not all that shocked. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, that's you know what, the, uh, being a musician, uh, the, that is actually one of the the safety first. You know, when you're playing music, I've seen I have seen a lot of musicians and a lot of bands. You know, go up on stage with no ear protection whatsoever, and yeah. it is loud up there. I mean, it's like it's louder than. Well, I, have, I have a friend loud. from high school who's a drummer and has been in several bands now. Um, He's got one now currently in LA called Modern Bronze. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good, but he's but he's. I mean, I knew him in high school. That's how we met. Was in the marching band. Like yeah. he was he was a drummer there too. Yeah. And he he he's good. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. But and it's just loud. And it's, it's very just like loud. damn man. But he was just showing on Facebook like new in ear mod. Like he's yeah. got ear. Yeah. He's got protection. Yeah, for yeah, that yeah. Stuff, so. Heroes. Uh, and there's actually a couple different brands, but uh, the, the name that I'll throw out that I used to use a lot was Heroes. And Heroes has an earplug that it's a high definition earplug. And what it's got, it's got the silicone, it's got three silicone rings that go in your ear. And then there's a piece of plastic that sticks out. And what that does is that allows the higher end frequencies to come through in a smaller hole. And so it's like the volume was just turned down magically. And that's what I used to use because you could, you can still hear everything. It's just. I used to use that style. Um, it's like seventy when I go, when I go out shooting with my uncle Bob. Good old and uncle stuff, Bob. Because it would keep the. Oh yeah. yeah. It would it would deafen it down, but I could still hear him oh, when yeah. we were talking and stuff. Oh so. yeah. I mean, you're hearing. Oh man, I I knew um, I knew people in the military where they, you know, would run out to the jet without ear protection, and all of a sudden, blown ear. I, mean, I still have that in my right ear. I mean, I'm. I'm. I haven't gotten my hearing checked in a long time. I'm not surprised. I'm partially deaf in my right ear mm. after being shot, you know, and stuff back in '94. Yeah. But it. Yeah. I mean, it's. It took a long time for that to take effect. But now I'm really, you know, yeah, 20 the, years later, it's like, yeah, now I can really tell. The tinnitus is. Do you, is, um, you hear the ringing? No, no? I don't hear it's anything. Just, that's the part muffled. that bothers me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I gotcha. It's a lot more muffled. So, like, well, if I'm at work. So like I have I have the head you know like I have my earbuds in but I only have one and I have it in my right ear and I could tell if I just put the left one in it's a lot louder in the left oh. at that same volume than if I put it in the right oh. like I'm, mm. could be earwax so, too you know don't uh, I don't think so I'm pretty good about keeping that clean no Q-tips right so, don't stick Q-tips in your ears 
Oh, <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me, mister. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of Q-tips. All right, I'm not doing Dad. that. I'm not doing that. I won't I, I, no, I mostly just use, I mostly, I use Kleenex just right at the edge, just kind sure. of clear some of the excess out and stuff. Well, I thought it might be that too, but I, I don't think so. You know what you can do? Uh, you know what, what? Honestly, next time you go to doctors, have them look in there just to see if you oh, have yeah. a perforated yeah. eardrum. If you don't, my doctor recommended Debrox once a week. It uh, it gently. Well, I don't think it, I don't think it's perfect. I think I'm just yeah. I think it's just I would know if it's perfect because I I right. burst an eardrum before when I was a kid and that ain't fun. Um, because that was an ear infection though. Right. So well, the ear the ear does a very good job of cleaning itself out. The wax is always moving, but sometimes oh it yeah, up. yeah no I know, but I mean it. I just mean no, I wouldn't be surprised if I had actually lost because mm. it's a, it's a lot of higher end stuff too. It's oh. it's muddy, like it sounds muddy. Yeah. As well, it's softer, but it sounds muddy, and that's mm. yeah, yeah. So right. I can sympathize with Brian Johnson a little bit, I guess. Right, but don't sit that, Q-tips but... in your ears. Anyway, no, no, no. That's... <laughs> that's the point of the story. Keep the Q-tips out of your ears. You're and supposed we... to stop when you feel resistance. <laughs> uh, and and wear ear protection. Protect your ears. Be safe. Have fun. Be safe. You know, something like that. Yeah, okay. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So next story. All right. This is coming out of Hollywood uh, for oh, ABC. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, ABC um, promoted Channing Dungey to president of ABC Entertainment. Uh, good for her. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. But she has named a gentleman by the name of Brian Morwitz oh. to replace her as the head of the network's drama department. Mm. Uh, this is coming off of Deadline.com, which I love because they're great at reporting this stuff. Hmm. He was most recently – he's been pro- senior vice president now in charge of drama development. Hmm. He was previously vice president of drama development, but he helped oversee development of a lot of ABC shows. But like most recently, like Quantico, American Crime, Castle, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I love, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So he's been involved in a number of shows and things mm-hmm. like that. So before that, he was involved with – developing feature films and things like that. So, hmm. yeah, now one of the way big high muckety mucks at ABC. So good for him. Hmm. Right on. Good for him. Yes, I have, indeed. I have one last one. All righty. Uh, Brian Blessed makes the news again. Oh, man, he stole He's, it. I was, that was the one. Oh, I was you want to do that one? Well, no, it's fine. You go ahead. No, please. No, no, take it. I have others. Oh, okay. All right. Will you take well, that I, one? I just wanted to, yeah, wrap it up again with Brian Blessed because we had we mentioned him last time, yeah. I think, or the episode before when we were talking about Valentine's Day. Yeah. So he's turning 80 in sure October. Is. And look at this guy. But holy crap, man. So where is, much and stuff where is he going to do? To the deepest point on earth. The bottom of the Mariana Trench in the what? Pacific. He wants to go do that. But I mean he's been to the he's been to Magnetic North. Yeah. He's been on jungle expeditions. Yeah. Survived astronaut training in Russia. Yeah. He yeah. wants to go into space. I mean. But check this out, though. If he manages to do this, he will become only the second man in over 50 years to do this. Yeah. Other than James Cameron, basically. What? Yeah. What? Plus, and certainly the oldest. So that's, yeah. that's the part I'm thinking is interesting as well, because he like. That's just, oh man, that's crazy. Some of that, and he, he's been to the top of Everest. He's done. I mean, that's just that's Holy nuts. Holy cow! And I'm reading about this this submersible sphere, submersible sphere. He's going to be in. Yeah, this vehicle's tiny window, uh, tiny windows will be subject to a staggering. Holy moly! Sixteen thousand pounds of pressure 
per yeah. square inch. And that's pretty much the same. That's the pretty much the same thing that uh, James Cameron went down. Yeah, in. at pitch black he did it, depths. Yeah. He's going 35,000 feet down. What? Oh. Okay, so when's this happening? Uh, probably be undertaken solo uh, sometime in 2016. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't say when. No, but I think the, wow. the plan is to get it done before he turns 80. But that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's craziness. Good he, luck to him. He wants to go set. That. I'm reading this. 37,000 feet down is how far he wants to go. Yeah, that's, that's where it is. Come <laughs> on. Wow. Yeah, that's a, this is a good one. Yeah, so good on good on him. Good on him. I'm gonna I hope have he survives. He should survive that, and then come on the podcast and talk about the experience. Oh, can you imagine? That would be awesome. Or we should get him on before, God forbid, <laughs> <laughs> in case he doesn't survive. In case he doesn't come back in memoriam. Because we're gonna episode. be like, man, that would have been cool to talk to that guy. No, I he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is just a great. This is a great article. Yeah. Right on. Right on for him. Good for him. Brian Blessed, man, that's going to be great. That's a great trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Should we wrap up there? Or do you want to do one more? No, nah, that was it. That's all I Okay. Yeah, that was a good one to end on. Though. That so was a good one to end on, I think so. Brian Blessed. Man, I feel like I uh-huh. want to go watch Flash Gordon or something. <laughs> Seriously. Or, you know, well, the funny thing is, uh, I was reading an article on Facebook the other day, and they were talking about Flash Gordon, and... It was kind of the idea of why it's such an underrated cult classic because it's not one a lot of people Mm-mm. enjoy. No, which is too bad because it really is just balls to the walls crazy and fun. Like yeah. it's a fun kind of action movie in that style. Right. I think of it as the style of. I mean, it's a, kind of the way like when they did the Mummy remake, right? With Brendan Fraser, it like it's it's it pokes fun at the genre a little yeah, bit, yeah. But it was really taken seriously, just yeah. enough to kind of like it had a good sense of humor yeah. and it had a right blend of things that right. I like. And I I always liked the Flash Gordon movie; mm-hmm. it was terrific. Yep, even in its absolute corniness and Topol as Doctor Zarkov and like Max von Sydow as right. freaking Ming the Merciless, right. it just like amazing. Yep. Yeah. Now, all I, anybody ever thinks of is the soundtrack, but supposedly there are rumors they're working on a reboot. And I was just like, no, 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 I just, no, no, no. You can't. They tried it with a TV series back in 2008, they, which was terrible. Oh, I don't even remember. I mean, the that. actors were okay, but the just the premise didn't really quite work because they were trying for this weird sort of deconstructed. Well, that's like the Sci-Fi Channel at the time. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, that's probably why. I missed and at it. the time, they were they were going through a whole phase of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it was like we're going to take a you know a, a beloved tale and like deconstruct it in a completely different way. Like they did that with like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, because with Tin Men and why not? things like they they did a couple different versions of that that yeah. neither of which really worked very no, well. Uh-uh. Stuff like yeah, so stuff like that, where it's like well, we're going to deconstruct it and make it hip again, like nah. No, that's not why it's good. No, it's good so, because it's so bad. That's why. Yeah. I just remember as a kid, I I loved that movie so much that I actually went out and hunted for this soundtrack, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, you know why? It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not listed the, as an official soundtrack. It's not a like soundtrack. It's a Queen album. It's a yeah. Queen album, and I was looking yeah. in the soundtracks, and I finally, you know, here's me, you know, man in training. I didn't ask anybody. Right. I didn't well, ask, no, it's the same, I didn't it's ask for the same directions. Thing. It's, yeah. Well, it's the same thing with a kind of magic. Yeah. Which is essentially the Highlander soundtrack. Right. You know, and they did the same thing there. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's kind of. Yeah. But I got, the, I finally got the album 
and I, and I got the record. I got the vinyl, I got the 33 and a third RPM vinyl. Right. And I wore the crap out of that thing. <laughs> I got it to the point where that knee, <laughs> there was hardly a groove, you know, uh, well, we didn't like, we didn't own it, but my, my cousins did, this was uh, my cousins. They had a Betamax machine. Yes. With like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of movies. No, well, it was right. good quality tape, oh, yeah, though. Of course. Hundreds of movies. But the sound was terrible. Um, the ones we would always want to watch when we went up there was Flash Gordon and Airplane. Yes, of course. So, yeah, it was always because we only saw them a couple times a year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at that point. So it was always right. good to when we got a chance to see them and right. go up there and visit and watch that. Like, right. yeah, all right. Well, you that's know, how so. I saw Fast Times at Richmond High for the first time was on Betamax. But, yeah, Flash but, Gordon. Yeah, but, 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 oh! When I was a kid, yeah. though, I thought Flash Gordon was was it. I thought I was like, "This is awesome," and then at the end was like the end question mark, <laughs> right? And I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah." Get another one. That typical, that typical cliffhanger yeah. style and ending. Was no you know, like, <gasps> but then I was like, "This is so cool!" And so as an adult, I revisited it, and I'm sitting here watching this movie. I'm like, "This is kind of stupid." <laughs> yeah, but it's a thing. It's but stupid I loved it. fun. Yeah, it's- but I loved it. You yeah, know, like most of the things we watched as kids, like, yeah, that was well, cool. that doesn't really hold up, but it's still really fun. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> like, I still love it. And I still, you know yeah. what? Every once in a while, I'll pop, I'll pop the, I now have the CD version of that Flash Gordon. So, and I'll right listen on. to it. And right it's, uh, I'm right back in my, in my room listening to it on vinyl. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Flash Gordon. Brian, blessed. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. So. Yes, sir. South by Southwest. Yes. Austin, Texas. The festival. 2016. Every year, keeping Austin weird. Yeah. So you guys went. Now, you said, I remember you telling this is what, your seventh year this or eighth year? This is my seventh. And your seventh year, your wife's My wife's eighth. eighth. She went a year before I did and then came back and was like, you what? have to go to this thing. Yeah, I was gonna say what what kind of drew you guys to the festival in the first place? I mean, obviously, if she went, you know, what what kind of drew you guys into that in the first place? Was she going for work or was it? She was going mm, sort of for work. She kind of wasn't in the space where she is now. I mean, she went before it was cool, obviously. But. Yeah, but <laughs> she went more for the the content creation aspect of it, and yeah, plus, we yeah. had a couple friends that uh, were starting to go, and then. You know, as uh, she networked and met more people, and then um, the following year, uh, she did the same thing, went for the content, went for more of the um, seminars and, and talks and panels and things like that. But then she actually got so interested in it uh, that and her 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 job actually um, uh, kind of fit really nicely with the South by Southwest whole thing of, you know, content collaboration and sharing of knowledge and all this other she actually became a speaker which was really cool and so um and then of course she started her own company and then they uh her and her um partner betsy um started speaking uh about millennials um for work strengths um that's the name of her company work strengths and um Anyway, uh, but this was the first year in a while that she hasn't, she she wasn't uh, speaking, and uh, she was doing more of volunteer work to help um, help the speakers who were speaking, okay. get them yeah. headshots, find you know, uh, get them hooked up with their with their person to get to the right room, and maybe if they had any travel, you know, questions or logistical stuff, you know, whatever. 
Yeah. And so um, that was her talent, talent coordination. Sort of. Yeah. That was her role kind this year. Group, uh, you know, and we got to go to a few panels and seminars and we saw our friends speak. You know, we had a few friends that were there and they spoke and um, yeah. a lot of networking. I think the, the, the real, you know, the real treasure of South by Southwest is in the uh, it's the people that you meet and the networking that you create there. And the, and the content, uh, the sharing of knowledge and the content uh, that is presented, you know, and South by has a very strict rule about, you know, they really want it to be, you are genuinely sharing information. You are, yeah, you know, yeah. they don't and want that, it to kind be, of that, there's no pitching, you know, you're not, yeah, you're it's not, kind of, it's kind yeah. of done in that genuine kind of unconference style. Absolutely. Like bar camp sort of thing yeah. where everybody has to kind of contribute. Mm-hmm. They frown pretty hard on people that turn their talks into sales pitches. Cause that's not what South by is, is all about. Not at Interesting. all. Yeah. And then you, so you have, I mean, there's, you talk about camps, there's a couple of camps. There are people that go there that, that are serious about it they go and they you know uh go to as many seminars and talks and panels and things that they can and then at night they network and then they get a good night's sleep and then they're back you know and then there's the camp where you they go because maybe work sent them and yeah they're going to the talks and stuff but then they're getting hammered at night right and and then you're just in a, a constant state of you know uh trying to cure a hangover you know uh, and, and uh, so there's, there's sort of that, uh, but it, this year was actually pretty cool. It was, uh, very spread out and very, very hmm. tame. It actually was very pleasant. I mean, it's always pleasant. It's fun, but, uh, they, they to, always have cool I may, stuff. Yeah. I may have to rethink my, it's fun. Uh, you know, I festival stance, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Brian Trust live from Sixwood next year. Yes, <laughs> maybe. Mm. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, <laughs> I met. Well, I met up with a couple folks that uh, I was like, "Ooh, they could be on our show." Yeah, uh, put them on the list. And they're we'll... on the list. Oh, I was putting them on the list right, right there. I was like, "Pulp the <laughs> card, thing. card, card, yeah, got it." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but it's yeah. very cool. And then, uh, then they have a trade show there. Uh, so we went for the interactive piece, like I said before. We right, went for the right. interactive piece. And they have a trade show. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of good name brands there. Uh, Audio-Technica was there. Right. Um, who else was there? Um, there's a uh, – off the top of my head, I can't really think. There's hundreds. and That's okay. You know, I don't want to put them all in the show notes. We have no, no, space. no. But, it, but it's very <laughs> cool because you can actually go and you can talk to them. And, you know, of course, they're pitching stuff. But then, you know, like Audio Technica, I wanted to know if they had any new cool stuff coming out. You know, and I, and I got to talk with a representative there. Um, but then, uh, and then – and then the vendors kind of change things up when music comes into town. And then they, and then they, they tailor the trade show to more music – Type right, stuff. yeah, right, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. I think I would probably go knowing me. I would, I would go for interactive for sure, but probably also go for the film, film portion. The film is pretty cool uh, as so, the, as an actor. I mean, that would. Oh as, yeah. In terms of networking, like for me, oh, that's course. where I'd want to be. Oh is yeah, for that. yeah, but, yeah. Because you you rub shoulders with a lot of directors and a lot of filmmakers. Yeah, and one well, um, Austin Austin it has its own. Has kind of got has grown into because I think partly because of South by yeah has kind of grown into like an indie film mm-hmm. production hub of its own oh yeah so yeah 
Um, and there's I've film, heard, I mean, yeah. I've heard good things out there. So that's mm-hmm. and they do a lot of premieres of films. Or uh, I went there one year, and they had um, Seth MacFarlane was there, and right. uh, and so um, I had bought a a day pass for film. I think you can do that too. So so the badge I had was for interactive, but at the time I didn't I didn't have film, and so I had bought a day pass for film. And I got to go see Seth MacFarlane talk, and that was when Ted was being released. Okay, and so yeah. we got to see the first ten minutes of Ted, you know. Nice. And then, um, um, uh, what is they had? Um, there was other. There was an actor there. Um, a couple actors came out. We were like, "Oh my god!" Oh. You know, for that show, yeah, for, for that for movie. Ted. Well, yeah, m- probably Mark Wahlberg. Mark that Wahlberg, yeah, Mark Wahlberg show. He just kind of popped out. We're the- like, oh. Well, he's the star of the movie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides but it was, Seth. Yeah, but Seth was kind of yeah. cool. It was it was cool to hear him talk about like Family Guy and then what he was doing with with uh, Ted, and then he was talking about uh, his upcoming album, which has since been released. You know, he did. Yeah. You know, well, so, he's done a few. Yeah, he's, he's done, done a few, few jazz. Yeah, he's so, done a few jazz albums. Yeah, and, stuff, and I bought yeah. it. And I was like, well, this is actually really cool. Look at this, yeah. Seth MacFarlane. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then we used to go see Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, he hasn't done this in a couple of years, but Jeffrey Tambor uh, used to hold a. Um, it was a. It wasn't a panel. It was more. It wasn't really uh, an audience participatory kind of thing. But he he would have he would bring in two actors, and it was more like. Oh it, yeah, this I was heard geared, about this. Yeah, it was yeah. geared toward directors, and so what? He, and I've I've seen. Yeah, I've heard about this. I've seen yeah, this a few times. Was... Every time it blows me away. So what he does is he brings in these two actors. And he's the director and they have chosen, you know, they already have a chosen script and the actors have their lines memorized. Right. Yeah. And he brings them up on stage and just raw. He goes, okay, do the scene, you know, and they do the scene and it's okay. Right. It's like they're acting. You can tell it's like you're going to see, you know, play somewhere, you know, a a cheap play somewhere. And then he'll kind of jump in there and he'll, you know, he'll go, all right, you know, that was, that was okay. That's good. Uh, do you love each other? You know, this sort of thing. And then he would talk to them. Yeah. And, and it was. Kinda, and, okay. Yeah. I, I kind of get the thing. I can see why he's been busy with, because he's got transparent and he, right. he's on like everything these yeah. days. And, yeah. But I mean, it granted, Arrested Development didn't show up. I guess there's no more money in the nah. banana stand. Oh, but, well. uh, yeah. So, but, yeah, but, so. but at, toward the end. So it was like, it was like an hour and a half, two hour thing. And by the end, you wish you had roses or something to throw at these actors because they have, yeah. they have, he has taken them, you know, caterpillar through the larva stage, and then they are now butterflies at the end. And it was amazing. It and was, that's, and that is, it's very illustrative of what a good director yeah, can do. It was inspirational, yeah. even for somebody that's not. Like even for me, I mean, just the way he talked to people. Forget that he was doing this director thing. Just the way yeah. he was talking and relating and being open and honest and sitting down and being like, okay, let's talk about this. You know, well, that's true. Of, and I think that was really cool. From my own experience in LA, you've got, I've had this over the years as an actor, like I've had directors who there's a lot of different ways they were. I've had good directors and I've had some bad directors and I've had a lot in between. The really good ones to me, have that where they can relate certain things to you or like for me, the way I work as well, I like it when they kind of give me basically like a, what I would call it, or I call it a jungle gym. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and basically give me a rough structure of what they want. Right. And say, have at it within these, within this boundary. Right. And if you go too far or you do something, I'll let you know. Yeah. I'm like, awesome. Right. It may be something as simple as um, when I did a production of Twelfth Night, I played Sir Toby Belch, who is like the drunkard of the play. I see. It was, oh God, it was so much fun. But the first night I, I, the director, and I'd worked with this director before and I was like, so you're looking for a sloppy drunk? And he's like, yeah, basically. Mm. I'm like, okay. And went to town. And so that's, and we worked from there in mm. terms of refining the performance exactly. and things like that. Exactly. And it didn't, I didn't do too much different. I mean, the run of the show, when we actually were performing it, I don't remember too much of that because I was sick with the flu that weekend. Ooh. So I, I honestly, I don't remember what the hell I did, but apparently it's some of the best acting I've ever done as everybody's telling me like, damn it. I want to know what I did so I can replicate it. But, um, nobody filmed this on YouTube anywhere. No, are you sure? no uh, equity rules and Darn there it. are certain copyright rules and things. Oh. So they don't, Ooh. yeah, we weren't allowed to videotape it anymore. Stupid law. Um, but then I did, uh, but I did a show, at, an, at my other school and stuff with a director who was a lot more open about, mm-hmm. you know, just do whatever you want. Mm. And that kind of paralyzed me. I mean, improv is not my greatest thing. And so I struggled with the character for a really long time, yeah. like right up until final dress. I mean, it was mm-hmm. right. Like I was having trouble getting it in a way that made him happy. Right. And well, that's not where your head or needs made, to be when you're, and it you was know. kind of like, well, he and I, I think part of it was it was another Shakespeare play and it was just I think we had two completely different takes on the character but oh. he just did not want to I'm 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 flattered that he didn't want to give up on me yeah being in this role because yeah. when I showed up to, he asked me to audition for this part yeah I'm like okay and then but then he and I had very different ideas about what the character was supposed to be yeah and so I struggled with trying to meet his his vision, because I want obviously I want you want his vision to appear on stage right. for the most part, but I still want to bring myself. Right, and that threw me into like I ended up in therapy after that. For oh wow, like, I suffered hard for that rehearsal oh, process because of that, and went into like major depression after that oh. because it was just it was such a struggle. Yeah, for me, I mean, I had fun performing it at the end when sure. I finally, when it finally clicked, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Right. But, but he actually, it was a different professor who had, it was a different teacher who came in and, and explained it to me in a way. I went, I got it. Yeah. That I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he, he gave me that, he gave me the jungle gym to play in. Yeah. And yeah. I went to town. Yeah. So it was that, that for me is like when you can find directors like that, that's really the key. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I definitely appreciate. Yeah. You would have enjoyed um, the Jeffrey. Yeah. Jeffrey and that's why I love watching stuff like that. So oh, I yeah. see how, how certain people work and how, and that's the thing is his approach as a director also illustrates kind of some of his approach as an actor as yeah. well. Yeah. And the things that, that work for him. And so, yep. and I had heard about that, um, him doing that. And I was like, man, I would love to go to South by just so I could see that. Oh, it's know? amazing. So, well, every year we look yeah. for it on the, on the schedule. Yeah. And, uh, the past couple of years now, he hasn't been there. Yeah. Boo. My guess is, uh, probably shooting schedule just doesn't probably, that's a probably shame. Just doesn't mess it's with a shame it, because so. it's, it's nice. I mean, it was nice for the entertainment value, but then also it's inspirational. It's a good education. Well, it's, it's a, a good amazing education. education. Too, so, yeah. As a communicator, it's amazing just to watch yeah. how he interacts with people. Exactly. That was cool. Yeah, and so. uh, I was a manager at the time, you know, uh, for work. 
And I, I took that back and I, I was communicating with my team differently. And they were like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. You know, right on. It's yeah. nice that you're talking to us like this, you know, whatever. Very, he's a very genuine, um, compassionate, you know, honest, open person. And that was very cool. It was always, always nice to see him there. You know, very cool. Yeah. So let me ask you then. Okay. So, so since you were mainly there for interactive, what, what panels did you attend? Well, if you remember at all. <laughs> no. Uh, so this year, I unfortunately didn't attend a whole lot of panels. However, sure. uh, we did get to see, um, I saw, I, and I don't remember her name, but it was all about uh, getting more out of your mornings. Right. And it wasn't okay. so much about being a morning person, but it was more the productivity kind of, it was a productivity, right. It was a work, uh, it was on the work track and it was about, you know, how, um, how if you, you know, if you have unproductive hours in the evening, it would be better to actually go to bed earlier and take those hours and put them in the morning because yeah. your willpower is higher in the morning. Uh, you probably are more creative and more well-rested in the morning, right? And so um, she talked about, actually, the name of the panel, uh, the name of the talk was what the most successful people do before breakfast. Yeah, and I've I, read a few articles. I, I come yeah. across a few articles like that every few weeks or so. I see something yeah. surface on the internet. Yeah. I always read them because I'm like, what can I do? Like I get up, I get up, I have like an hour before I, I, I only give myself like an hour before I leave for work. Yeah. And the idea is, so I will get up and go do stuff. And then I don't really, I like, I get up and I'll do the equivalent of turning on the TV. Like I'll go, go online and watch last night's daily show or something just yeah. to kind of get myself awake and yeah, I go up, but I'll check email and I'll right do some of that, check my DVR or things like that. Yeah. Not to watch anything, just to see, make sure everything recorded that I wanted. And, sure things like that in the morning. But with most of these nights when I get home, it's kind of just the energy. So I like that idea of going to just going to bed early and waking up earlier. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really help me with recording stuff because I don't want to be, you know, talking at the top of my lungs at right. four, you know, three, four a.m. Right. But she talked about, but, for, but from an editing standpoint, that would be great. Right. It's like, if I could get up at like three and get in, you know, a couple hours of editing before yeah. I have to go to work. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. Uh, I, I just realized that I actually took notes while I was there and I'm looking on, Woo! I'm looking on my, looking on my phone. Uh, he, so here are the highlights from the notes and, and it's pretty short. Uh, uh, it, it says, uh, she said, uh, use morning hours for something other than getting ready for work, which is kind of cool. Uh, it, makes sense. Uh, it's a great time for getting stuff done, right? Cause mornings you are less likely to be taken, uh, uh, time is less likely to be taken away from you. So like, yeah, you know, less, less chance of interruption absolutely. because nobody's awake. Well, there's nobody yeah. awake. And how many work emergencies have you had in the morning opposed oh, to God. the evening? Right. Um, and then there's more willpower. I mentioned that. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then she, it, during the talk, she had actually had you think about like, what do you want to be do doing during the morning? Like, what would you do? What would your mornings look like? You're like, how could you get into a routine? And I, you know, I wrote down, you know, do a little bit of meditating in the morning, work on the podcast, you know, yeah. uh, and yeah. then do stuff uh, for, for work, you know, maybe get ready for work or, um, you know, 
not get ready for work, but like do things. Yeah, kind uh, of pre-work. So because in the IT world, if I can, if I can eliminate some of the nonsense before I actually dive into the workday, it makes you yeah. know it's, it makes things a little easier. I find for me, especially for me lately, with with my job, a lot of a lot of the focus of my job is rescuing other people. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I've even like become like the unofficial IT guy in the office, sure. which is driving me crazy because mm. they don't pay me enough for that. No. I mean, they pay me well for my current job. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, if they, they'd have to probably come close to doubling my salary if they yeah. want to for IT full time as yeah. well as my current job. Yeah. Yeah. They have to at least double my salary. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's kind of just kidding. I'm not speaking for the company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Insert disclaimer here. Right. Um, no, I, I mean, I like the people and I like the, you know, the gig. The, the gig's nice to have mm-hmm. for the most part. It's not, obviously, it's not what I want to be doing with my day. Right. Um, but that's the thing is to be able to, I'd love to be able to come in and actually work on the stuff that I've kind of like the projects I'd sort of set for myself, but I end up having no time because I'm dealing with not necessarily fires, but other stuff gets behind. So I'm helping other people catch up on work and right correcting mistakes and doing this, that, and the other thing. And that's, I mean, that's part of the job duties I, I'm supposed to have, but mm-hmm. It, it gets a little frustrating after a while because it's right. like, I just want to do this and focus on this for a little bit if I could. And then like, nope, yes. not happening. Right. And like, okay. Well, as uh, as you were talking there and as I was listening, um, I actually found the person that did the talk for us. Uh, she actually has a book. Um, her name is Laura Vanderkam. And the name of her okay. book is What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. Um, All right. I uh, found that on Amazon. It's uh, well, available. Throw that in the show notes. Yeah, then. Kindle paperback, Audible, Audio CD. Anyway, so uh, s- some other quick highlights of, the, of that talk, because that was that actually really interested me. That was really cool. Um, she said to improve your morning time, you know, try keeping track of your time uh, and make sure you're not telling yourself a story that's not true, you know, about where your time is going. Because a lot of people say, oh, yeah. I work. I work 180 hours a week. Well, okay. Yeah. Really? I do that too. I, you know? I admit it. I do, really? I do that too where I or like, like feel like I don't have enough time. Like I totally have enough time if I right. stop watching TV. Yeah. Like there was, I would totally have enough time. She actually had somebody she was working with that always boasted about working 80 hours a week. I work 80 hours a week nonstop. And when she actually kept <laughs> a journal, it was closer to 50. Yeah. Not 80. Yeah. Right. So that's, so that's what she talks about. Try, you know, be careful to tell yourself stories that, that are true. Yeah, and, and there's plenty true. in terms of keeping track, there's plenty of apps and mm-hmm. things too, to help you get, track your time right, and right. those kind of things. Well, so you can easily do that. Exactly. And the journaling helps you actually see a, a, a more accurate picture of where your time is actually going. And then yeah. you can kind of trim yeah. the fat where you, where you need to. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to give up my shows. Don't give up, no, don't give up your shows. Turn, that's all. That's the only fat I have left. Damn it. Well, some people need that. Some people need Every that time, winding yeah. down time. You know, if that's something you yeah. need, go for yeah. it. You know, um, but like she was talking about things like you know she's at home and she, her husband's playing with the kids and and she's sitting around doing nothing and it's nine o'clock and she's like, well, I could watch TV with the kids and and do stuff, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know. Instead of yeah, instead well, of the I mean, just wasting the time, you know, whatever. Um, well, it's like my my sister uh, when she works. I mean, she works four tens and stuff. Yeah, but she'll go to bed. Like she'll come home from work. I don't know if I don't know how much this is still the case. But when I was 
when we were sharing a house, it was she. They'd go to bed at like eight thirty, mm-hmm. whatever. She'd get up at like three, yeah, and wouldn't leave till like five thirty or six. But yeah. then she, it, that was her time to kind of get up and yeah. get ready for work. But she'd yeah. do other stuff in the morning, right? And, and you know what? There's plenty get of people all stuff prepped. And, yeah, there's plenty of people that have wrote. Have I was about to say something really bad? Have written, written, have written, written, have written novels in their morning time because Mm -hmm. that's the best time for them. You know, that's the time that's their productive time. Absolutely, there's no interruptions. Everybody's still sleeping, right? That's when they write their book. Yeah. Um, she talked about uh thinking through logistics. You know, like be realistic. Like, yeah, you know, if you say you're going to go to the gym. But you're not a gym person. That's not realistic, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to go to the gym every morning <laughs> at 5 a.m. and I'm going to work out for an hour. If that's not who you are, it doesn't last very long because you're actually <laughs> you're creating suffering. I, <laughs> that's that true. Point. And I I I did that for a while. Um, this is probably eight or ten years ago. But I would go to the gym. But for me at the time. I know where I fell off because it was my brother and I went yeah. together. Like we met up in the morning at the gym before we both had to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then the schedules changed and he wasn't able to be there as often during the, and so I would be there going in the morning by myself, you lost your which was great because there weren't too many people in the gym at the time, but it just, yeah. eventually it sloughed off a, because I didn't have the accountability of somebody I was meeting right. yep. to go work out. Yep. But B it's just, it's never, you know, I'm not, great out in no with other people no so mm. uh so i mean it yeah it just ended up becoming a thing unfortunately i mm. really wish i'd kind of kept up the habit right and that's actually the, what's funny about that is she actually did talk about building the habit and the reason that you build up habits is because habits don't require a lot of willpower yeah habits exactly. just happen yeah. right mm-hmm. um she she talked about avoiding excuses or solving, solving the problem, right? Yeah. Um, reward yourself. So after you've built the habit, reward yourself. Whatever reward is for you, do it. You have to reward yeah. yourself, and then you and then it's a constant thing. So you tune up as necessary, right? So this was actually, <laughs> reward myself for not watching TV by watching TV. <laughs> she actually she actually went through some troubleshooting things too. She was like, the snooze button is awful. Get rid of the snooze button. Because you, I, it's yeah. it's lousy sleep, right? And she said, be realistic about the about your sleep time. Actually, set the alarm for the time you're going to get up, not the time that you want to get up. What time are you actually going to get up? And then when that alarm goes off, get up, you know, and, yeah. and stop. And that's, I, and that's I like I made the point like with my phone because my alarms on my phone and yeah. stuff like most people these days. Yeah, and I set it across the room, so I literally do have to like I'll lay there for a minute sometimes. Like this morning, it's just like I'll let it and just let it do its thing, yep. which is just like a theremin soundtrack. Right. And I'm just well, like, you, you, what she said, all right, I got to get up. Let's go. Yep. You know, and I'll, I'll roll up, roll out of bed and go across oh, no. the room and well, turn some it people off. Hit, you know? Right. Some people hit that thing two, three, four times before oh, they yeah, get no, up. Exactly. And yeah. but what you're basically doing is you're arguing with yourself. And what well, you it's talk- like, what's five more? What's five more minutes? Gonna exactly. Get at that point, you're already right. like half awake. You're just like, exactly. Ah, well, yeah, and we yeah. only have a finite amount of willpower throughout the day. And, yep. and she made it a point to say, you know what? Save your willpower for more important things, not for the snooze button. So the snooze button actually was a sore subject, you know, for this one. Uh, uh, I can believe that. Yeah. yeah. She said, you know, start me time earlier. 
Um, people believe they're not morning people. You know, that was one of the, the things is like, oh, I'm not a morning person. And then you actually find out that maybe you are, you know. Um, well, and, and people that can that can that can adjust and change. Absolutely. Um, like with the job I have now. Yeah, I'm up at 5 a.m. to get ready to go to work and yeah. stuff. But, you know, when I when I was working when I was living in L.A. and working full time pursuing acting. Yeah. I would get up with the sun. Yeah. Like I just, you know, it, that, so it would be closer to 730, 8 a.m. Yeah. To get up. And then I'd be up till, I mean, I'd still go to bed around the same, I'd be up till like 11 or midnight yeah. and then go to, go to sleep when I was tired. Yep. Uh, yep. Later, later, if I was working, you know, I had a late shoot or something, or, right. right? you know, or I was watching something on television, right. you know, kind of thing. But yeah. it's, but you, you get into different, like your routine will change. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Uh, so not, I was, I mean, I was never like a huge late night. Like I know I had friends who one of my roommates would be up like he'd sleep in till like 10, 11 a.m. or whatever. And then he'd be up till like three in the morning, yeah. three, four in the morning. I'm just like, I can't do that. Hey, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not 18 years old anymore. No. But I never did that. Like right. I'm never that kind of a guy. Like mm-hmm. I was never a huge night owl. No. And so, um, but, but yeah, I wasn't necessarily a morning person either. Like no. I, I would say like I was like a midday. Right. Like really more of a midday guy and possibly like late afternoon, early evening. Like yeah. I had two periods where I'd surge and sure. they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, sleep, uh, sleep was noted as one of the most important things that, yeah, a, mo- no. a, that a successful person has in their life is that they get enough sleep and they're in, and they're in a routine and they're excited about getting up in the morning, you know? And- well, that's, that's, yeah. And, and I will say that it's good. It, it, it's good advice. It's certainly some of the most generic advice Yeah, in a lot of ways sure. because it's sort of that, you know, get up, have routine, have purpose in your life. Yeah. Like, well, duh. Right. It's obvious. I, but how know. many of us do that? Right. Cause then you're well, like, yeah, oh. no, no. Cause and this place and was packed. The- this thing was packed. The people are yeah. like, of course. Well, because what uh. they want is, well, and I think a lot of it is because people want that, that quick fix. That bullet, that's why I say it, like it's certainly the most generic advice because we hear it over and over again because we right. never heed it. Yeah. You know, and it's everybody wants that that bullet quick fix. Yeah. You know, give me the magic pill no. that will make my life yeah. completely better. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly one of those people that I would love to have a magic sure. pill that would fix everything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But um but it yeah, I mean it's it that idea of life is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I know from finally hitting the runner's wall like a year or so oh, ago yeah. and having yeah. quite recovered from that yet, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, and that's and it's fine that it's generic. Like I don't mean that as an insult. It's just sort of right. that it's it's obviously the advice that she that, that I'm sure she followed it up with specifics, mm-hmm. yes, and things in the talk to say you know do these things. This is why you know you want to yeah. make sure you're doing this because Absolutely. of this, uh-huh. as opposed to just you know chicken soup for the soul, just mm-hmm. very generic bland statements that don't really give you anything. Like what the hell do you mean by that? What is that? Yeah. Do you have concrete step by step thing? You know, I'm an engineer. I must know follow exact directions, right? You know, kind of thing. So yeah. As long as it's tailored to the audience, yeah. you know, that's kind of be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, you know what? So uh, with South by, uh, I always take these little nuggets back with me, right? Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, you know, you learn about what people are doing. You, you kind of go to the, you, you, the, the schedule is massive. And what you want to do is you want to get on a track or two 
it's best to stay on one track because if, if things overlap, then you're kind of like you're, yeah. you're you miss yeah. out on stuff because maybe something in one track overlaps with something in another track. So if you try to if you go with a track in mind, you know, then you can kind of follow along in the schedule of you know there'll be like three or four things for that track and, and they don't yeah. overlap and you're like oh I'm going to go to this one and then you have a plan B because sometimes unfortunately you go into some of these things and they're complete duds. Um, and I run into that with NMX last year because yeah. there were so many things I wanted to attend. Yeah. And they were all – and that, that happens to me at a lot of conferences actually. Like all the stuff – when I'm looking at this – looking at the list of you know stuff that's going to be presented, I'm like, yeah. I want to see this and this and this and this. Yeah. And then I get the schedule and they're like all at the same freaking time. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> I went it's to so one I, thing. It's the agony of choice. Yep. It's that, that whole – Thing I actually that was I'll I'll tell that story later, but <laughs> about the agony of choice specifically, it's a good it's a good story, but the I agony will, of choice. I will come back to that. Um, I'll I'll leave that little teaser nugget. So, um, I went so to one what, thing. What else did yeah? What else did you attend? Uh, I went. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, was it last year? I think it was last year. I went to. Was it last year? It was either last year or the year before last. I went to go see Olivia Munn and Seth Meyers. They had a they had a thing, and it, Olivia Munn was basically interviewing Seth Meyers, right? Okay. And um, the room it was standing. It, basically, the room was at capacity. There was yeah, a, a well, crowd of angry was... people outside because they couldn't get in. And yeah. Olivia Munn and Seth Meyers came out, and they basically had not prepared for their thing. And, oh, and yeah, it was, I think I remember hearing about that. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was completely made up. They were just, they had inside little giggles and jokes and things that they yeah. were doing. And the audience, I mean, I felt that I was like, what is this? Like, I, I could not connect with, I didn't care what was they going tried on. To, they tried to improvise, basically. Oh, it was a complete improv. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. It, and people and- left. Like, 15 minutes in, I looked back. And half the room had emptied out. I remember hear, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, that was. Oof. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a painful one. That's just yeah, especially well, because I mean, it, that that's the first time I had ever seen Austin City police officers come into a room to break up a disturbance. Wow. Yeah, like <laughs> people were mad that you know they didn't have seats and what. Oh. People were mad they get in. People walk out like. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's the. But that yeah. that that's rare. But and then you get in these panels yeah. that are just like so well rehearsed and they prepared and you can tell and there it's amazing. Oh yeah. You know, um, no, absolutely. And that's and it should be. That's that's what you want. That's really and that's the thing. I think some people, especially I mean that Olivia and Seth Meyer. I think that's a good example of maybe I I don't know why it made the deliberate choice not to prepare or. I don't know. Or it was just kind of, I don't think it was last minute because obviously they, you know, because that stuff get, all gets voted on. Who knows? So they know well in advance that this is happening. Right. So, well, I mean, it, maybe they were just busy and just couldn't get around to it. Right. Or, but most people pay a lot of money to be there. Like yeah. those, those well, passes the thing are is not it's, cheap. You know? And that's the thing is like, and it, and it, for a lot of these people, it may be the only time of year they give a presentation. Right. Um, but even if, even if you do, I mean, even if you're a freaking motivational speaker or something like that, you like, you practice this stuff, mm-hmm. you don't, um, you don't wing it. Right. And I know that one from experience. I'm really bad at winging it yeah. with things. And, um, yeah. 
So yeah, I you just you really have to focus and right. get that stuff. You can't treat it lightly anytime because I think it disrespects your audience. Uh, when absolutely. You do that, so. And that's the thing. It's like people know when they've been slighted, <laughs> you know, like okay. Um, yeah. another, another one that I saw, which was really good, uh, was Dr. Brene Brown. I don't know if you know who Dr. Brene Brown is. I do know yeah. some of her work. I, um, sh- uh, she's an expert on shaming, shaming yes. and vulnerability, right? At- Vulner- yeah. Well, vulnerability, especially I've, I watched a couple of her Ted talks mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. Um, she speaks a lot on like, like Susan Cain, she speaks a lot on introversion yes. and, Yes. And things like that. And, yes. and kind of embracing your passions and mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Right. That was another packed house. And that was, she was actually amazing. That was a really yeah. good, yeah, it was an hour long and it was great. That was pretty cool. Um, right on. Right but on. most of the time that I spent there was networking and meeting up with friends and going to kind of vendor things. Um, McDonald's has had a pretty cool thing. Oh, I was going to say um, the, I, I, I think the, the tone of the show or the or the focal point of South by this year was centered around VR. Like virtual like virtual reality is coming and it's coming hard. Well, and after CES and the stuff at um at uh what is it in Europe? I can't remember the 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 like the consumer electronic like the cell phone show over yeah, there. Yeah. And things like that, like that's been a big thing oh, yeah. for most of the year. Oh, yeah. Like VR has been oh, but it's not hard, just so. it's not just in the personal space. I just heard on the news today that there is going to be a roller coaster at Six Flags. Oh yeah, have you heard, heard about, about this? this? So there's going to be I heard about this. So week, you're going to yeah. be on a roller coaster in VR. So you're on a real roller coaster, but you're going to have VR goggles on your face yeah and it's got like ghosts and like some funky other what i i heard yeah i heard about this and it's like from what i heard from the some of the test footage of like supposedly like the sample footage of things like it's not the you know it's not the best graphics and the kind of like if you remember from like the late '80s and stuff, when yeah. they had those uh, games that you'd shoot with the light gun yeah. at the TV, yeah, exactly. The ghosts floating across there, like really horrible yeah. effects. And then yeah, it's it's kind of a lot of that, and it's like I don't even understand why you'd want to be doing that while you're on a freaking roller coaster, right? Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just all levels of sickness are going to be happening. That's just just crazy making. Like I don't even understand why you would do that kind of thing at all yeah um to do that but you know that's that's because the field is in its infancy still sure kind of thing they've got to get the growing pains out and figure out where this stuff does and does not work yeah and so yeah that's fine you know vr is not i don't know that vr i remember when they used to have that stuff like in the earlier versions in the store like in the shopping mall yeah and they had the 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 platform that you'd get on and like the giant rig that you would wear that looked like you were, looked like you were, uh, pardon my language, scuffling a toaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but you had that giant, huge helmet on. Yeah. And at least here in Phoenix, they had, they had a place that had, had a couple of those. And you, like, there were a couple of games that they're all very super blocky. Yeah. Like the, the graphics weren't for the time that was okay. Yeah. You know, it's like the late, um, kind of like the the 90s sort of when the first surgeons of the idea of vr yeah 
but it's all very like it was like being in a dire straits video yeah. you know it was all very blocky and yeah ridiculous looking i'm uh inside but i mean even after that i was just like oh god you know, right well i'm looking yeah, up the six flags thing and it's this is gonna be something uh i, I will put this in the show notes this uh, yeah this link to the six flags thing but it, it, it basically says you know uh you're uh you'll engage in a futuristic battle to save the planet from an alien invasion You'll be the uh, co-pilot, right? You'll be the co-pilot in your own fighter jet and strap in for air-to-air combat. Oh, your aircraft will take off and launch. Blah 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 blah. And and this is you know, it's the world's okay. Huh, it's the world's first giant loop. It's a ninety-foot high and forty-five foot in diameter loop. Um, the trains are very sleek. You go fifty-five miles an hour, twisting and turning. Thirty-four hundred fifty-seven feet of twisted steel track, uh, uh, twenty sixteen, uh, and it's coming to Six Flags. Nope. Yep. Uh, and they nope. say that uh, they they've <laughs> partnered with uh, Samsung Gear VR and Oculus. Yes. Well, and apparently they'll have like for the Samsung, especially the Gear VR, like they'll have special phones and things for the Gear VR because they only work with Samsung phones. Oh, yeah. It's it's all in the they, video they, here online. You can actually yeah, watch it. Supposedly they have video. the gear at the park. So yeah. so you don't have to use your own phone with that, which right. is fine. Yeah. But I just, yeah, nope. Dang. I mean, I'm already not a huge roller coaster fan. You're going to combine that with VR. I'm like, no, nope. thank you. Nope. Just not for me. Nope. Um, That's fine. But VR was <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so they had... Um, at the IBM, they had an IBM type of uh, interactive lounge type of thing um, sure. where you could actually get on a bike and they put VR on you. So you're riding a real bike and uh, you've got the VR thing on. And then what, the funny thing, I almost fell off the bike because at one God point. God forbid you take the bike outside and and skip nah, the V and just what? go for R. No. What? <laughs> so I'm riding this bike and I'm in, I'm in downtown Washington, D.C., you know, ride along, ride along. All of a sudden, there's a curve. And, of course, it feels real. I mean, it's like yeah. you're looking around and you can see buildings and the ground and the sky and you're looking around. And then I'm in this curve and I go to lean and I almost fell off the bike because the bike is stationary. It's not moving. Yeah. And I'm like, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, of course, and of course, it, it being D.C., you had to bike through lots of gridlock traffic <laughs> and, you know, watch yourself in DuPont Circle, yeah. you know, naturally. Yeah. Uh, but McDonald's yeah, had one was pretty cool. Uh, it was uh, so you you put the VR headset on or whatever and you're inside a Happy Meal box. And you're holding a paint gun, and you're just graffitiing up the inside, <laughs> the inside Let of this, this Happy Let Meal me box. Out. Oh, it was hilarious. But VR was everywhere. Everybody had yeah, something VR. VR was the big thing, I think, this year at South by. Um, but it's pretty I don't cool. Know. I, I wonder if it's gonna really still take off. I think that I think the gear still needs to be small. They've gotten a lot closer than they have in years past. Mm-hmm with it which is great yeah i I think i think the thing is i think people still want i it'll take people want the holodeck yeah i think that's what people really want they want their holodeck right you know and so we're not there yet we probably won't be for a really long time no um there was uh there was that's i think yeah that's the key i think people want that or if you're going to do vr just throw on a pair of sunglass size thing so you're not getting the huge bulky right exactly whatever exactly it's just the technology is not there for that not yet yet. 
but they have to get there. You know, you got to crawl before you can walk. So eventually, uh, we're going to be where you can put a contact lens in and all of a sudden you've got like Google glass. Yeah. That's, that's AR. That's augmented reality. Right. Exactly. A little different. And that's, that's more of the Google glass without looking like a douche. Yeah. Um, we're being glass holes as, uh, yeah, people had, I, I, had I was trying them. to be. I was trying to be polite. But, <laughs> well, glass hole is not mean, a bad word. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of well. No, and I get that kind of too. But I mean, it's the same thing with like the driverless cars and the oh my goodness, all this, all of this kind of technology that's on the way. It's, it's right. getting there. You just got to exactly you know, got to do it in stages. So. Right. Eventually, all of our cars are going to be connected. Where all of our cars are going to be talking to each other. Right. I mean, it was like until the AIs all decide to take over, until the AIs emerge into Skynet and decide to wipe us all out. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Most of the networking uh, events that we went to, somebody was pitching something about VR. Um, it, but it was good. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, but those types of nuggets, you know, I bring home. Like we went the very, very, very first South by that I went, Twitter was just starting out. Yeah. And yeah. that's where everyone got hooked. Like, oop. How can we? I think that's how I, know. I I signed up after I had first heard of it. Yeah, that was the big on, thing on this week in tech and mm-hmm. Leah Laporte's show um, coming out of South by. They were talking yeah. about Twitter yep. and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go check it out. Yep. And signed up, and yep. I didn't really do anything with it for several years because nobody I knew was on it. But I don't know if Leo it was fascinating or... to follow. But that oh, was yeah. the thing. Like it was it's fascinating. It's the way I still use it today, which is basically just every you know. 10 or 12 times a day, you know, like once an hour, I'll dip my toe in the water and see what's going on. Sure. And, and sometimes I'll save links that people have posted or things like to read later. Or right. Some of that kind of stuff, or I'll retweet a few things occasionally, that kind of thing. But I'm not like sitting in there obsessively on it all day long. Yeah. Like the way my niece is with Snapchat. Right. Uh, get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I think that, and that's a, that's the niece. And that's part of, I think, what led to South by's rise is stuff like Twitter yeah. where these big things would premiere. And I think that's why it kind of hit ahead a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with like these giant, because that's where meerkat kind of came to the fore last year. Exactly. RIP meerkat. Yep. Uh, know, <laughs> which, right. which Twitter buried with right, Periscope. That, exactly. Um, but like Foursquare, I think started there yep. as well. Which I can't say RIP Foursquare, but it's still around. Let's be honest. It's not really it's relevant. It's not really doing anything. Um, I don't, but yeah, you know, it's stuff like that. And a lot of stuff kind of grows out of that. Yeah. And and that's great. I think yeah. it's a good avenue for indie yeah. developers to kind of have a chance to hit it big yeah. with the exposure as right. opposed to having giant corporations swoop in. Exactly. But like the way, uh, and that's kind of, that's my argument. Like that's kind of what happened with San Diego comic-con is it's really kind of balloon. So it's all about the, the film side of things and not so much about the comics anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still do plenty of that, but I mean, it's overshadowed by like these giant, by these, you know, the entertainment studio, the studios coming in yeah. and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these booths exactly. and these giant things. Yeah. And basically Hall H is all that all yeah. the time. Yeah. And that's what everybody's focused right. on. And so I think it diminishes the rest of what the con is about. Right. Well, South by had a fair share well. of that too. They had their United insurance yeah. and, Pepsi used to be a big, uh, I think they're still a sponsor of South by, but they didn't have a massive presence like they did before where they had like this huge Pepsi booth. Right. And they were just, you know, they would show you, Oh, look, we have blue Pepsi. It's blue raspberry, you know, whatever. 
Oh, God, um, blue Pepsi. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, United was actually pretty cool. United Airlines, we, we got to see their new first class um, seats, mm. and they're becoming more connected. That's actually really cool. Um, their entertainment center, I have to say, is phenomenal. I love United's entertainment. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So uh, South by, uh, you know, it was it, it probably wasn't any more corporate as uh, I remember it to be. Sure. But um, it didn't have that indie feel like it did about seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Well, no, and, and it wouldn't. No. I think that's just that, that's just a matter of aging. That's like getting I, the, the only equivalent I have is Comic-Cons. Like they have a Comic-Con here in Phoenix every year. And when I went in 2008, it was here in Mesa just actually – not a half a mile from where I live right now at the convent, the, the really small convention center here. Yeah. Now it's downtown at the Phoenix convention center and is getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year yeah. and drawing more names, more actual celebrities and stuff right. to the, to right. the con every year. Oh, yeah. Plus so much so that in the winter time, they have a mini con yeah. called the, like the Phoenix comic con winter fan fest or something. So yeah. they'll do like a one or two day thing. Right. With a lot of celebrities, you know, sometimes people, they can't make it in the summer mm-hmm. or what have you, because mm-hmm. they usually do it around Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And so, so they have this mini thing to, for more, more autograph, you know, whoring or whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> hunting. That's it. Autograph hunting. There you go. Um, I just missed, I just pronounced it wrong. There you sure. Uh, and spelled so, it wrong. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Sure, of course. So, <laughs> I see. Uh, so, and I, one, I, I think it leads to kind of the nature of festivals and conventions and like why we go to these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you going as a fan or is you going for networking exactly. or are you going for as a business or, you know, it's right. like, it all depends on how you're approaching it. Right. And so and there's a good mix of thing, all of that there. Yeah, yeah. And as there should be. Mm-hmm. And I think, every, I think every good convention has that. Yeah. I've been to a number of Star Trek conventions, but I always only went as a fan. Sure. I would love to go to San Diego Comic-Con, but I don't know that I, A, could afford it, and B, would want to deal with all of those people as if going as a fan. I right. think I would rather go as a presenter or things like mm-hmm. that. So my, my, I've always been like, I'm going to wait till I'm invited to go. Right. For something. Yeah. And then, and then I'll go. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, maybe that'll never happen. That's okay. No, it could happen. Old, yeah. Oh, you know, old, it totally could. And that's what I mean. It, it totally could happen. Yeah. But especially with your holding... uh, mystery science theater uh, podcast coming up, eh, fits right we'll in. See. What? It's, it's kind of it. You know, I I wouldn't. Doubt I it. don't worry about that. <laughs> <It's> gonna, <laughs> I would not. Want, I would not want to get up in front of Hall H. Oh, come on. On a whim, like oh, no. 3,000 3, people up there. <laughs> yeah. easily, you know, it's like, oh, dear God. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> Thanks for coming to my panel. Well, especially when I can just do it, especially when I can just do it online like this. You know, I hey, can just be not? sitting here at home in, in my underpants and be like, hi. Hi, everybody. Yeah, put on a really nice shirt. You can't see what's going on. So we actually saw one booth with not, a backdrop behind me. Yes, know, to hide all my sponsors. You know whatever. what is uh, probably going to become very popular is virtual realtors so yeah and that's the thing and that's the thing i can see as the first sort of because you always see right now you see like quote unquote vr 360 degree video things and like so actually having that to walk dual like zillow yeah if they're smart they will get like a drone that they can fly through a house and create that 360 kind of yeah 
view that people can wander through the house yeah. and see it. And- well, we saw a demo of it was a virtual. What is it? It was virtual reality. Plus, you had the realtor like in the VR session with you, like a live, yeah. like a live person was right, standing yeah. in there. But he's mm-hmm. off. Who he's in his office somewhere. And you're yeah. walking through this home, and he's showing you all of this stuff and answering, and you're talking to him. Basically like an avatar that you're oh, interacting with. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, imagine? no, totally. And that's that could be I, – I suspect what's really going to drive VR first beyond that is porn. That's um, – you know what? That's which that's how VHS tape got popular. That's right. Porn porn has driven every, but that's how the internet. That's how it works. Really took off. That's porn drives every major right. Every major technology technological advance mm-hmm. that we've had. I mean, that's whether you why do you think yeah. the Wright brothers were flying because they wanted to cut down their time going looking for you know looking for poontang. That's right. You know, I heard that. Um, I did. They and they you know what it just wasn't happening in their town, so they're like, we got to get out of here. The rail barons were trying to import, uh, you know, the ladies to the mining towns, so they built the railroads. Right. They had <laughs> Henry Henry Ford was just cruising for chicks, so he built a car. He's like, I want to go cruising, but we don't yeah. have anything. I, I want everybody to cruise for chicks. That's right. So they built a whole bunch of cars, affordable cars. I feel like cruising tonight. Uh, In what? I don't know. I'll come up with something. I'll invent something so we can cruise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Chuck Yeager broke the speed of sound to compensate for other problems. No, that's not no, true. No, he wanted, he wanted <laughs> to get to Asia faster. I'm pretty sure that ain't true. <laughs> uh, um, you know, sorry. Rest in peace, Chuck Yeager. Oh, but, good man. Yeah, he did pass away. Yeah, yeah. No, I he's long gone. I, believe, <laughs> I was like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's long gone at this point. Yeah. That's going to be embarrassing if he's not. But <laughs> I hope he's not. I, although, yeah, no. Brigadier General Chuck Yeager is still alive. Oh, really? Well, that's embarrassing. He is aged. Well, we can edit that out. You know, we have that. <laughs> Sorry, General. My apologies <laughs> to General He was born Yeager. February 13th, 1923, age 93. I do not see anywhere that he is. Uh, no, I believe I, uh, No, I believe that he's still alive. If, if it ain't on Wikipedia, <laughs> he's still living. So, okay. Yeah, he's still alive. All right. It looks like he's still yeah. alive. Ninety three and still kicking. Wow. Well, then, I, I'm I'm impressed, and you know, thank you for your service, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. How about uh, that? So, please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> Sam Shepard played a great you. That's all I can say. I know that was great, wasn't it? That was a great movie. I love that. Um, movie. Where were we? Oh, yes. It was still talking South by yes. uh, cons, all the different cons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I'd love it. I always had thought about going to like, yeah, San Diego Comic Con, Gen Con in Wisconsin, and uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta. I almost went to Dragon Con one year. I ended up having to cancel because I some money fell through, so I couldn't afford to travel there. Like, I had the hotel reservation and everything, and like Kevin Sorbo was the main guest of honor that year. I was so looking forward to meeting him, and like, damn it. Mm. <laughs> so, so stuff like that, you know, it's little things. I don't really do conventions anymore i think i kind of got sick of the commercialism of it mm. like everybody kind of hawking stuff and yeah that which is fine the dealers rooms are fun like star trek conventions were always fun for me because there's always this dealers they sell like i collect the blueprints yeah and stuff like some people had like the handcrafted kind of drawn blueprints not just of the enterprise but of just fictional classes of ships like starship blueprints always fascinate me for some bizarre reason right and some of the excuse me some of the star trek ones are fantastic because they put in little Lots of little in jokes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in places like on one that I have. I, I know I still have it somewhere. 
in the cargo bay, they have a silhouette of a Porsche hmm. sitting <laughs> sitting in the cargo bay. They're like in one of the in one of the shuttle bays, like they have a little rubber duck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's stuff like that. So yeah. it was. I had one. It was yeah. One of them. It was like the McPherson class or something. It's basically all names of supermodels. Yeah. Was the entire line of ships was all last names of supermodels. Wow. I'm like, oh, that's great. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, and you get that, and it's like the little in joke. That's what I love. Uh, that's why I always get that stuff for. Is I always look for the in jokes mm-hmm. and things. It's like when they talk about the Enterprise, like the plaques on the ships on the bridge. You know, they they always have like a big plaque. Yeah. Or whatever. So, like for the Enterprise, it's where no man has gone before. Yeah. Um, I think it was on the Excelsior. You never really see it, but it the it, it's um, no matter where you go, there you are. Mm. From from Buckaroo Banzai mm. and like the the designers, like the plaque that names all the design. It's all characters from Buckaroo Banzai. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, little things like that. It's always fun uh, to me. Getting back to Chuck Yeager. Yes. You know, I think we can make this up to him. Uh, he actually has a website. He, I'm not kidding. It's www.chuckyeager.com. You're going to make me buy something? No, 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 no. You don't, no, 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 no. We, can, we can link it in the show notes. You can follow him on Twitter. You can oh, follow really? Chuck Yeager on Twitter. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yep. That's craziness. But isn't that something? He is still alive. He is still doing interviews. Well, yep. yeah. 93 yeah. years old. Good for him. And that's what the Air Force produces, ladies and gentlemen. People <laughs> like Chuck Yeager. Huh. That's good. I wonder how much I wonder how much that he writes and how much he's got an assistant to yeah, write. Yeah. But I like I always it. wonder that that's the thing I always wonder with Twitter feeds and stuff like that. Like how much of this them and yeah. how much is like a social media manager. Yeah. Uh, oh, you can thing. email him too. Yeah. You can email General Yeager. I believe that. Wow. Yeah, he's probably I'm sure he's got somebody who handles I'm that. I'm sure, but this is actually uh, pretty cool. This is a cool web. This is actually a well-designed website. Whoever did this website. Oh, yeah. No. I'm, it's, just, I'm, uh, I'm just clicking around here, and this is amazing. Really cool website. PM, PM is made by Cybart. PMN3 LLC. That? that might be something know, on the other side is. made by Cybart. Oh, yeah, made by Cybart. Cybart. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's just an email address, yeah, though, so I yeah. don't know. Anyway, good website. Um, Still alive. Hmm? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Still alive. Sorry. Abe Vigoda, <laughs> however. I think it's something else, yeah. Abe Vigoda passed away, if you're wondering. Yes, yes. Abe Vigoda has. He had a website. And Larry Drake is now with the fishes, so. Oh, we There was a website we were following for a long time, Is Abe Vigoda Still Alive? I think it was yes. like is able to go to stillalive.com. And uh, I finally, and that's what happened oh. like the day he passed away. I posted on Facebook. It was like, oh. it finally returned. Yes. Oh, I know. That was a sad <laughs> was day. so sad. Yeah. That was a sad was, day. Anyway. Well, you know, to be fair, some of the times I, I hear this like, wait, he, I thought he was dead already. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I felt better. Well, admittedly, like Frank Sinatra Jr. passed away. Yeah. Is it today or yesterday? Oh, I think it was today. Oh. Um or no, it was yesterday. Yeah. I think he passed away, and th- that was one of those like I thought he was, or I thought he had passed away a few years ago. Yeah, and I was wrong. You know, it was kind of, but like one of my friends who posts a lot of that stuff, she actually went out of her way to say and write the date that he actually passed away because she has fallen for that. Yeah, stuff where they post 
where like obits circulate around the anniversary of somebody's death. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this is like five. And they treat it like it's yeah, new. They don't forget exactly. it's new. Yeah, yeah. Like Andy Rooney was one that came through a few weeks ago. I'm like, you know, he died like five years ago. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or or one there was one somebody posted like it was friends. Like, oh no, he's gone too soon. I'm like, he died in like 1995. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Jimmy Stewart died. Yeah. Because that was right. It was like right after. It was like right before Princess died. Died in the car crash. Yeah. yeah. So because I was working at the TV station at the time, and I remember we covered Jimmy Stewart in the news, and it was really sad. And then Princess Di died, and that was that was the news for like three months. Yeah, that was a, that was. There's still um, there's still a lot of controversy around. Yeah, yeah, but know, I mean, just the actual a, coverage of it. Yeah, like, I remember that was the Today Show. Yeah, I remember the Today Show had. Because that's, we were an NBC affiliate, and so the today I, I worked the morning show, and then so the Today Show would come on afterwards, and we always were curious. Uh, it took them six months to finally stop airing a Princess Die segment every day. Yeah. Like they did it every freaking day yeah. for six months, well, and then dev- they got to the anniversary, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, here we go." It was devastating. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, it was sad, but Jesus, six months. But then I remember it. It's like, well, it was ninety-seven, yeah. and. There wasn't much else going on. The internet wasn't quite what it is. They're like the twenty four seven news cycle wasn't as right. voracious as it is now. Yeah. Um. So. Gosh. That's fair. I mean, I can live with that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Chuck Yeager's still alive. Yes. So back to Austin. Back to and South by. Back to Austin. So, if you could boil down your your experience in South by this year's South by yes to one nugget what what would your main takeaway be from south by this year my main take well the main takeaway for me was that people and companies are spending a lot of money on vr that was that was the the massive thing there that was in your face everywhere was vr if i could speak about south by as a whole yeah i would say I would I would say Austin has grown and been very accommodating to large festivals like South by so much so that uh, over the past you know seven eight years that we've been going we have actually watched the city grow hotels have been okay. built restaurants have opened we've seen transportation improve you know with Lyft and Uber and all this other you know cab. I mean, cabs have always been rough, but like it's, it, they've made it incredibly easy to get a, get a, a ride somewhere. Right. Um, it, it seemed way more spread out this year, you know, so much so that people were, you know, saying it's, it's way more mellow. Like it's mellow this year. What's going on? And the general, con- cause it's not so, it's not so concentrated. It wasn't so concentrated in, in, in one, yeah. like it wasn't just the convention center. It was like the convention center and then the JW Marriott and then some other yeah. hotel and then some other hotel and some other, I mean, it was like, it was spread out so that it didn't feel so you didn't feel so crammed. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It, this was the first year that we could walk into any restaurant at any given time and sit down within just a few minutes instead of having a two hour wait. Or having to beat the crowd, you know that sort of thing. So, so then overall, you you had a good time. Oh yeah, we are, we always have a good time. We always and have I a figure, good time. and that's so. So for somebody, say if you're pitching to somebody who'd never been to South by, 
and was thinking about going. Yes. What would I in say? Way to go. Yeah. Plan in advance. Plan okay. the trip about. We usually plan because we know what to expect. We try to plan about a year in advance. That's not realistic. If you okay, so the you know the festivals in March, you know, yeah. uh, if you're making reservations in February, you're going to be disappointed <laughs> because well, sure, hotels yeah, well, fill well, that's, up, and that's true with right, any exactly. That's like plan I mean, in San advance. Diego Comic Con, yeah. forget it. Yeah, yeah. This, my advice is plan. already. It's already too. Yeah, it's already too late for com for San exactly, Diego. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you know, um, and, tr- and and plan your day. You know, because you could get. You could waste a lot of a, a lot of valuable time in the day if you're partying too hard at night, right? Because there's plenty of networking opportunities; those are always there. But it doesn't mean that you have to get sloppy drunk by you know 1 a.m. and then not want to get up because you have a hangover or whatever. I mean, if you if you're gonna go, I mean, it, it depends on what you're going for. If you're just going to network and party, okay, that you can do that too. But if you're sure. if you're going and you want to get some uh, value out of your trip, and because there's there's so much information that you could soak up, it's ridiculous, right? And there's awesome networking opportunities, there's amazing people you can meet, and these people want to talk to you, you know, like these people, these authors of these books, they want to talk to you, and they're interested in your feedback, and they and they're there for you, and that's the, that's the nice thing about South by is that there is just this. It's a very communal, uh, a community-oriented um, event. Okay, and that cool. and that's that's always been the tone of South by. That's always been the tone of South by. It's like we are content creators, and we are going to share however we can, whether it's face to face, whether it's Twitter, whether it's you know YouTube, you know whatever. They want to share their content, and it's not oh. so much sales pitchy because South by, like I said, South by frowns on that. Sure, sure. But uh, but you um, want to know more about it. I mean, they give you enough information that you're like, hmm, I'm interested. I'm going to follow you on Twitter. I'm going to buy your book. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go see your movie, you know, whatever. So it's cool. I we And we love it. And we've I made so s- many, we've made so many good friends there. And and for us, you know, we go annually to meet up with our friends. You know, we have our, tri- we have our South by tribe, you know, that we hook up with. And it's always, sure. it's fun. They're just the best people in the world to hang out with. It's amazing. It's so fun. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that you, so you get out of it what you want, right? And there are some people that just go there and it's all work and and whatnot and you know and then they leave and oh stupid South by. But then if but if you go and you network and you have a good time and you plan and you you know it's you can have a great you can have a great time. Right on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Put that on my list of maybe's for next yeah, year. I would. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yep. But I would I would recommend it. Oh, yeah. And, cool. and Austin, you know, Austin's a great town. There it's a very, you know, it's the weather was great this year. Actually, it was it was cool a couple of days, it was warm a couple of days, it rained a couple of days. I mean, but overall, uh, it was the weather was amazing. And um our flights were great. I mean, it's the Austin uh Austin airport there. You know, everything's uh, from the airport to getting to the actual downtown area, I think was maybe a 20 minute car ride. Hmm. Wasn't bad. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We did Uber and Lyft everywhere. It was great. It was good. South by Southwest gets the seal key of approval. (laughs) Two thumbs up. 
Okay. I had to run good. through a few variations in my head before I came up with that one. So and that's the best you could uh, do. Hey, you know, it's oh, late. Shit. I'm tired. And Terrible. <laughs> All right, that's good. So yeah, South by was a success. I'm glad. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Um, it was a good, awesome. good time. Six days of of fun. Cool. Good, clean fun. <laughs> Burning nerd. <laughs> Burning nerd. I know. You know what they call Burning the plane? Nerd. You know what they call the planes that go to South by? You know the they call them nerd birds. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> that nice. cracks me up. Every well, time. it's interesting to me because I don't hear a lot of like some other conventions, some cons and things like PAX in Seattle and things like that where. Everybody comes home and they've got uh, the consars, you know, it's like oh, you know, yeah. days and day. I don't get I don't hear a lot of that from people who go to South by. No. So that's kind of maybe it's all the alcohol. They just kind of kill kill the germs. Right. I think germs are kill the butcher. The germs with alcohol and barbecue. I don't know. Oh, there was <laughs> enough mean? barbecue. Believe me, by the third day, I was yeah. barbecued out and I love barbecue. But oh, my goodness. I could I'll not. To, I could not eat another barbecued anything. I'll have to see if I can find a like a like a vegan barbecue. <sighs> Good luck. I'm sure I could. Good I'm luck. Sure, I could. We have a friend of ours that's a vegan, uh, except by, for when South by comes around, he does his barbecue cleanse, and then he goes back to being. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes back to being a vegan. That's fair. Yeah. You know what? You just kind of sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you got to do things bigger in Texas. So that's all right. And believe yeah, me, things that's are fair. big. It's a, portions are huge. I love Texas sized toast, by the way. Huge. Bread is yeah. huge. Yeah. I love it. All righty. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. So before we wrap up, I think we want to do this. So, Brian, what for you is? It's the most interesting thing of the week. So what's 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 the most interesting thing you found this week? It could be South by related. Um, but well, it, what, it, what for you? What do you got this all week? All right. Well, coincidentally, it was something I saw at South by, but it wasn't South by related. A friend of mine had brought his laptop, of course, you know, to do work, but he also had a portable monitor. I have never seen one of these before. It was a. It's a. It's made by a company called AOC. And it's a USB three powered. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Have you about. seen yeah, these okay. things? It's an AO. It's a. It's a USB three powered. It's, so it's just one cable. It's a second screen, basically. It's a second yeah. screen or a third screen, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and you plug it in, and it's Mac and it's um, PC compatible. It run. It ha- you know you install a driver. All of a sudden now you've got a second monitor, and the nice. the stand is built into the back of the monitor. And yeah. it folds away, and then you put it in its little protective case, and you can jam it in. A, you jam it in a bag or a backpack or whatever. Ooh, he sat dang. down, right? He sat down at a table and pulled this thing out, and I was like, "What's that? Oh. <laughs> Why have I never seen this before?" And um, it was I've amazing. Heard of those. I've not seen one in the wild. I had never. I didn't yeah. even know these things existed. And um, he was demoing uh, a company that a company had sent them two of these things, and they were like, "Here, try them out." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, no, absolutely." Uh, that well, was I know, man, and I know, like, I know AOC as as a brand name, yeah, because they make monitors and yeah. stuff like that yeah. too. Yeah. But I'd never, I'd not seen this particular. I I would say that's a good alternative if you want a second screen without having to spend money for a tablet absolutely and an app absolutely to, to do which i mean if you already have an, an ipad or something to pair with your mac right there there are apps you can uh-huh. install to, to have it play as a second screen right but that's actually that's actually really cool though yeah. per portable monitor it was a 15 inch screen um hd quality 
weighed about two and a half pounds. Yeah. I mean, it was like super light. It was, I was, I was genuinely impressed. I like, I don't get that way, but I was like, oh, what? Like this, yeah, this got, changes uh, everything. Yeah. They've got, uh, what is this? A newer model. Let's see. So they got AOC has got a 16 inch one. Mm-hmm. USB 3.0 powered, yeah. 99 bucks I know, right? on Amazon right, right now, which is like, oh, they have a standard and a pro version. I'm not sure what the pro version um, is. We, but t- we actually took a look at this. Uh, don't the, care. the pro version, the pro version. <laughs> it's higher res. Yeah, it's higher pro, res. Pro That's higher about res. it. Right. Uh, the nice thing with the. Twice as much. Uh, yeah, with yeah, the. Yeah. A- okay. So AOC has a model. Asus has a model. So as I was doing a little research on, on, the, on the other. Um, brands that you can buy the, um, the the biggest difference is probably the warranties between you know the sure. different types and you know and you can read you take the Amazon comments for what they're worth right I like to look at the five and one stars just to see what people are talking about sometimes I peruse the the one the stars in the middle but um, I, he loved it and I I watched it and it was amazing it was very clear and clean and smooth and i thought oh usb3 it's gonna be jittery nope it was wonderful nice yeah it was really cool so really that's cool. my most interesting well, i would think well with usb3 because it's a higher speed yeah. that makes sense plus it's it's connected it's wired connected to the computer right so you're gonna get a better pass through than yep. if it's via an app yeah. like with an ipad yep. or something yep. so that makes sense yep um how about you what do you got what's your most interesting thing i uh, mine is another app. I admit it. It's a game. Uh, something that even sucked my attention from Little Broken Robots, which I covered in a previous episode. <laughs> um, for the Futurama fans out there, ah. um, they have released a new game. It's called Futurama Game of Drones, Ooh. and it's basically their can. It's basically their Candy Crush. Uh-huh. Um. And so, but there's a whole storyline that follows through it, like an episode and things. So they could basically excuse to draw in every character in the universe into the game <laughs> in one way or another. Um, That's awesome. But basically, the idea is it's a matching game, and you've got these drones that you, these little mini drones that you have to match to complete these missions and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's very Candy Crush oriented. So there's things like these webs, and, you know, there's goo you got to clean up. And yeah, there's a mod up, but it's, you're on a ship and like Zap Brannigan shows up, but then you end up uh, hiding out because of so like you're suddenly wanted for murder. You end up hiding out through robot hell and like Calculon's there and the robot devil. And, yeah. And mom has been competing with these two. So, cause mom apparently has a competing delivery service now because she runs Mamazon. Oh. <laughs> so she's got her drones. She's got Mamazon Primo like drone delivery and things too. So it's, there's like a whole storyline going on. So right now we're going through the central bureaucracy is the levels I'm at right now. And like Roberto shows up the, the knife wheel homicidal robot. Apparently <laughs> he has a second, he has another, he has a job at the central bureaucracy. <laughs> so, oh man. Oh, like that's like part time. He's like, yeah, possibly stabbing people, but mostly I work here. <laughs> find these things this yeah, is great it's just, it, was, it was just i don't remember how i stumbled across it um <laughs> i think it was looking through the app store and it popped up well because it's a recent release oh i see right like they just recently released this i mean little broken robots have been around for a while but this is like really new yeah and it just popped up on the app store i'm like oh how can i not get this yeah. 
but it's got the music from the show and they've got the character voices and things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I've, I've really been enjoying it a lot. Oh, that's lately. great. So that's kind of, that's, it's a great way to ride the bus to work. Yeah. Um, and it's got a side game so you can pull like for rewards and stuff. You can spin the wheel of robots <laughs> to get, uh, the hosted by the robot devil, of course, oh, you of know, course. and, um, they just recently revamped that. So there's less options on the wheel, unfortunately, but it, oh. that's okay. That actually makes it feel better, <laughs> uh, in some bizarre way. But it's great to kill time on my breaks and during yeah. my commute to work and things. So it's a good, it's a good time suck for that. So good for you. Yeah, Game of Drones Game available of Drones. for iOS and Android. Well, for this one. So unlike unlike Little Broken Robots, this does have an Android port. So that's nice. Yeah, awesome. That's that's my pick this week. Yay! Yay. Well, well. It sounds like a good place to wrap it up. We've wasted another. What do you think? Yeah. How long? Wasted another good evening. We've wasted another Hi, two Brian's hours wife. of our lives. Just <laughs> <laughs> crossed by. Um, yes, we've wasted uh, another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. No, wait, no, sorry. Oh, uh, wrong show. <laughs> Car Talk. Yeah, I no. love those uh, guys. Click and clack. It was great. Yeah. Their show is over and enjoyable and reruns, as is ours, which. You can find online and subscribe at briantrustpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. We're available directly from the website, or you could subscribe via iTunes. Yeah. If you do subscribe via iTunes, please rate and review the show. That will get us, hopefully, more exposure in iTunes to other people. Yeah. Reviews are basically how other people just find new podcasts and ratings. So yeah. it's important to us Be kind. to get those ratings right. in the system. Yeah. In the meantime, you can interact with us directly. If you are a Brian or you know someone whose name is Brian, you think would be a great guest on the show, get in touch with us. You can uh, email us from the website. You can find us on Twitter at The Brian Trust. Uh, we are on Facebook as well, mm-hmm. uh, facebook.com slash The Brian Trust. And we have links on our website for all of that. I'm sensing a pattern. Um, I know. It's we weird, right? It's, now, almost, right? it's almost like we have unified branding or something. Mm. Uh, individually on Twitter, uh, you can reach me at Actor Geek, and uh-huh. you can reach Brian at at B Selkie. So, on behalf of Brian and myself and all the work we put into the show, thank you very much for listening. Tune in next time when we will be doing something else like this. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know. Ordinal, yeah, yeah. Eddie is the devil. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening. That was good. Still a weak ending. <laughs> <laughs> still a weak ass closing. I feel so like, eh, yeah, good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. I'm so glad. At least I managed to I mean I managed to get good night out with enough conviction that they'll buy it. You need to put a cricket sound after that or something. <laughs>